ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Surreal Melbourne with myself, Waffles, and my co-host, The Blay. So, today we have a guest that uh, has caught my attention, I think now maybe two or three years ago. I first saw him at uh, Esoteric Festival. He got up and he started doing a stand-up routine, which was... I don't know, it could have been a 30 minute, maybe 30 minute, anyways, whatever, whatever it was. It made me laugh. It made a lot of people laugh. It was, uh, it had a lot of uh, great racial jokes, which uh, I really vibe with because uh, I come from a country where we have a lot of those uh, ethnicities. So I really related to a lot of the jokes you had. Mm-hmm. So today with us, we've got Dan Angelo or is it Dan Rosario or two of the above, whatever. Well, you can call me whatever the fuck you want, bro. Yeah. Dan, 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 Dan Rosario. Yeah. Officially Dan Rosario, Dan, but Dan Rosario. Uh, known locally on Instagram as Dan Angelo. D'Angelo. 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 It's a fake name. Dan my name's Daniel Rosario. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But in high school, we had this dumb cunt, mate. We were in a band. Yeah. And one of the guitarists, for some reason, started, he started dating this chick from like the South, like this rich bitch. So he started like, oh, hey, Dom. So we were like, who the fuck is Dom? Like, it was just like, a weird nickname. So we had to make fun of him, we're like, oh, Dom. <laughs> and then Instagram came out in 2011. So we were in high school. So when Instagram came out to piss him off, I called my Instagram name Dom Rosario. But because I'm Indian, everyone thought it was like sing, like a silent H. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. people just went with it. And then my Instagram took off and now everyone thinks I'm fucking Dan. Dan. Yeah. Oh, it's me Dan. <laughs> I like it when people call me Dan though. You you want us to call you Dan? I like it because if somebody comes up the street and goes, oh, hey, are you Dan? Yeah. I know they don't know me. So uh, it's helpful. Uh, ah, yeah. Goes, hey, Dan. You're screening the fakes from the reels. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is hard in this modern day society, yeah, man. You know what I mean? Dogs. There's a yeah. lot of fake people out there that mm. are out to either snatch your purse yeah. or just, you know, get a quick sort of yeah. what, a bit of satisfaction for themselves. Yeah. Oh, not only that, it's just like, oh, you know when you bump into someone, you don't know if you know them and they just know <laughs> something about you. are like, what the fuck? That happens like yeah. every day. So kind, of like, kind of like us. Yeah. Like if I bumped into you on the street like six months ago, we know each other. And yeah. If yeah. you told me, yeah, so blah blah. If you didn't tell me, you're like, hey man, how are you? I'd be like, oh fuck, how do I know this guy? <laughs> yeah, did I rob this guy or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did I did I buy anything from you? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I well, was um I was at Enchanted Garden party and just like on like bumping into strangers or whatever. There's a mate of mine, Phil Kirsch, and he goes out to parties pretty often and stuff like that. And this guy comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, man! Oh, you're that guy from that that time. You know, like, do, do you remember me? It's mm. me, Fernando." Mm. And he's just like, ah, "Sorry, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't actually remember you." But I remember a couple times that day, like, people just came up to him, being like, "Oh, you know, like, trying to like build that connection." And he's just like, "Oh, man, I'm I'm sorry, but like, yeah, you know, I don't actually remember." <laughs> it's it's awkward when you see someone on a dance floor and you're looking at them, they're looking at you, and you're just like, "I feel like I've." partied with that person before, but it's been like 10 years and I just can't remember their name. I'm just mm. not going to go say hello. But then they're looking at you probably like going, why is this person not saying hello? Why is he being rude? And then it's like, hey, it's me. I'm like, Bob? The, the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that happened to me recently. I was just like telling this guy, oh yeah, what is his name, Bob? He's like, it is actually. Oh, True. Hey, Bobby, what's up? <laughs> you know, and it's like, I actually do know you. So yeah. I get people coming up to me and saying hi, and they don't even know who the fuck I am. They're like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? And they're like, 
yeah, you're that guy, aren't you? I'm like, if you don't know me, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like actually care yeah, about yeah, the yeah. comedy that I do. Then why are you saying hi? It's just like this weird, like you know, you know my face. Yeah, so yeah. Like, I fucking hate that shit, man. You was like, what? And I was like, what do you mean? You're that guy? Yeah. What? 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 You know what I mean? Like it's like it's been. We're all, everyone's that guy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. the main character of their movie. Exactly. It's but a- it's, 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 it's funny because, you know, it's just kind of like, again, they're doing it more to be like seen or like trying kind of like, because that's the thing about the social media angle, right? They might've just been scrolling through and like seen like one of your things or something. And then they're like, oh, you're the, you're the guy from the, from the thing. But it's yeah. like- yeah, I don't know, because everyone's got this like one second sort of attention span. Man, it's funny because when, when before doing this podcast, I was like telling people, oh, you know, we're going to do this podcast with a stand-up comic. And it's like, oh, yeah, who? And I'm like, oh, this guy does all the Instagram videos and stuff like that. You would have seen it. It's pretty hilarious, all these like little skits and stuff. And like, you know, it's like Dan, Dan Angelo or Dan Angelo. Like, oh, and then I pull the Instagram video up, the Instagram uh, channel account, whatever, and be like, Oh yeah, that guy's hilarious. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, remember the name, you know? Because like, I look at that and I'm like, that's that's a lot of work. That's a lot of editing. That's a lot of fucking commitment to. Oh, really? Uh, no. It's, it takes twenty minutes to do. Which is probably why you got so many of them. Then yeah. you know, yeah. It's easy to, you just to do like, um, I'm not doing it now because comedy festival. And I'm juggling right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Comedy festivals on right now. Yeah, but um, yeah, you just do like, I do four a week minimum. Yeah. Put them out. Sometimes you forget a week. Sometimes you can't be fucked, but you just do four a week. Yeah. It's kind of like going to the gym. Sometimes you go to the gym and it's a really good day at the gym and you you, you beat a personal best and you feel really good. And your body's like, great. Sometimes you go to the gym and you're like, I'm doing bare minimum yeah. just to say I went to the fucking gym. I'm going yeah. to go home and I'm going to eat a fucking donut. <laughs> so sometimes yeah. I make a video and I'll be like, what do I actually want to say? Like that, the last one I sat and be like, okay, what do I want to say? I call my friend, a brainstorm, was the vape one. Mm. Did you see the vape one? Is that the one with the Will Smith and the? He's just showing that to me before, oh, like no. where the, 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 the vape <laughs> slapping Will Smith. Yeah, where it's like my vape oh, after yeah, the no. door. That's what it was funny. That it's was like a, a green yeah. apple. Yeah, that's green. Double apples is the best. Bro. Double apples. Uh, good. Can nice. I vape in here? Yeah, 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 yeah totally, man. man. Fuck, we should get shisha in here. Double apple. That'd that, be that, mad. That's pretty Arab yeah. of you, bro. But no, fucking. Um, I made this video. It was when was when um everyone got COVID. That that sort of week in New Year's time. Yeah. And I was telling Alessio, my best man, I was like, I, I want to make a video. I want to say something. Everyone I know has got COVID. What about if it was like everyone got COVID? How? Because they were sharing vapes around. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, how would you do it? And I was like, well, would you do it? Like, I, I played with it. And then I filmed it. And I took, and it just went off. It yeah. Just went off on Facebook, went off on TikTok, and it went off on Instagram. Yeah. I got like a thousand followers from it. Wow. That, that's a video that you're like, okay, I planned, I implemented it's like mm. a movie. There's pre-production, there's production, there's post-production. Post-production, yeah. yeah. So if that was what I did. But then there's some of these, I, I wake up, I'm like, if I don't make a video today, I'm going to shoot myself because I'm going to hate myself. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just be like, I made fucking die. And I put up, it'll bomb. <laughs> like, yeah. I still did it. I still did it. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. the sake of it, you know. You put like 10 out of, out of, out of 10, it's like two yeah. of them hit the hit the mark and the yeah. other end. But it's it's more so about you getting into the habit of doing this thing, yeah. right? It's just a flex of the, but every yeah. rep counts, you know? Yeah. And That's a good fucking uh, approach to, to, I guess, creative creativity in, in general, you know? Well, in the comedy scene, there's two realms. When I started anyway, I started comedy in 2018 properly. Yeah. And I started doing stand-up and you're just doing open mics. You do open mics and there's like 
10 gigs you can do every week. Mm. So we just started doing these gigs, 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 gigs. And I noticed there were some comedians on the internet. There was like Shooter Williamson, Lewis Spears, Luke Kidgel. Shooter Williamson, yeah, yeah, he's big funny. internet comedians who don't do stand-up. They do one gig or they do their solo tour once yeah. a year and they don't perform every week. And I'm like, why am I gigging every day? And there's the stand-up community. And the stand-up community are purists of stagecraft. They just want to get famous off that. And then there's these online cunts yeah. who just want to blow up and ch- And I was like, why don't they, why don't you, like no one's doing both. No one does a gig every day and makes a video every day. Mm, yeah. And if you do, you talk to the comedians, why do you hate the online? They're fucking fakes. They don't perform anymore. They don't care about stand-up. They just want to be famous. Okay, cool. Yeah, the purists, yeah. Talk to the content guys. Oh, those guys aren't famous. They don't fucking make any money. They're stupid, wasting their time. So I would ask, like, how about I just do both? So I put out a mm. video every day and I fucking do minimum a gig one night. Mm. That's it. Last night they did four. So, you know. Wow. And I think I might be the first like hybrid in Melbourne anyway. Yeah. Who's like actively doing gigs every fucking day. Yeah. Like yeah. New York City shit. And also making content, has a podcast, building a YouTube, mm-hmm. making money from that shit. Yeah. You have to be both. It's silly to, to say the other. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like these cunts are too lazy to get up their ass and do a gig to three people. But these people are too lazy to make a TikTok each day, which is like, you need to have both in this current age, you know? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. And I'm not surprised as well that, you know, like that's how you've been able to build like such a good base as well. Because I think there comes a point when you realize you're like, book it on a stocks, you know, like why can't we just do both? And like when you do fuse both, it's ultimately better. And it's, I find it interesting about that process as well that sometimes, you know, like you've got some throwaway stuff that you make that you're like, oh, it might hit, it might not, you know what I mean? But like the stuff that you plan, you know what I mean? Like the vape vid really hits. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's I, not about um, what I found. This is the, the shit part about the content thing. The stuff that is like bad for art and the creative process is that the algorithm will bless you the more you post. Yeah. Mm. So sometimes, like when you're making albums, like, I don't want Kendrick Lamar to drop an album. That's shit. If mm. you're working on a project and you don't think it's ready, don't release that shit. I yeah, don't want to yeah. fucking hear a shit album. But with TikToks, the algorithm goes, the more you post, the more follows you'll have. Yeah. So we got to post shit. All the time. Sometimes I post a video and people go, that's not funny. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. If you don't think this is funny, I need the algorithm on my side. So I'm going to post every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And it sucks that it should be like that. A more artistic approach would be like, quality wins. Yeah, but yeah. on the internet, the way the TikTok and the YouTube and the Facebook and the Instagram algorithms work, it's mm. about who's putting out the most shit. Yeah. And serving up hits like nourishment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that kind of stuff as well. Um, and yeah, it's it's crazy because that's the way that you bend the algorithms to your will. Yeah. It's, Aside from them controlling it is that you, yeah, like flood the feeds or whatever. Yeah, it, you got really, to saturate it. And because you're not the only one that's saturating that market. That's the thing. 100%. Like, you know, big comedians who do big sold out shows and stuff like that, like they've built themselves up from like that grassroots, yeah. you know, going in and out of the comedy shows yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But the way you win in this market is to just saturate. Totally. My friend Cam, she told it to me. She's like, she's a model. She got signed like last year or something as a model for some agency. But before that, she was just a hot bitch on Instagram. <laughs> she had like 15k followers. Try my new perfume. And she was like, I just, I looked it up. I watched a couple of YouTube videos how to do it. And they said, post three times a day. That's what my ex-wife used to tell me, yeah. And she was like, I can't do that, number one. Like, my friends are going to hate me. And she was like, fuck it. So she started doing it. All her friends were like muting her. At one point, I was like, fuck, she posts a lot. I had friends being like, oh my God, she posts so much. I don't know if I can follow her anymore. She tells you. Within like a year, she's on 100k followers. 
Damn. And now she's like a model and makes good fucking money making. She's like, yeah, I just yeah. sucked dick for one year pushing it. Doesn't matter if, like when I started posting TikToks, I had like boys messaging me like, bro, you're embarrassing yourself. What are you doing? No like, way, really? Yeah, because your first couple of videos suck. They'd be like, bro, what are you doing? That's not funny. What are you doing? People you know are just random. Like homies. Yeah, yeah, yeah They'd be like, bro, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, bro, you're going to post every day. And they're like, yeah, but bro, sometimes you got to think like, sometimes like, you know, it's like you're overkill. And I was like, oh, good, bro. And now I got like, that's another, I got 10K now. Yeah, People yeah. are like, brother, I'm so proud of you. Jeez, you man. Yeah, 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 yeah. As soon as you're like fucking, dude, this is an experiment. What are you doing? You know, stop. you don't know, so shut the fuck up. And, but, let and me. posting's weird because the more you post, you are annoying people sometimes. Yeah. I know because I fucking hate cunts who post a lot and I'm like, fuck, this guy sucks. But <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, it's the only way to, to build is just to spam yeah. it out there. You know? One thing I found interesting about social media as well is when people use it like a diary. Mm, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they're like posting these like deep, insightful, like introspective, like moments of change in their life yeah. or like whatever. And I'm just like, whoa, like good on you for A, being brave enough to let everyone read something like mm. that introspective about yourself. But when like, as you say, you know what I mean? Like it's really... A lot of it. You are right. You sort of say, oh. Well, it's just whatever, whatever is, you know, for that kind of person, that's their authentic expression of self, you know. Mm. But, um, you know, from, from a comedian's point of view, the, the point at the end of the day of a comedian is to make you laugh, is to make you think also, you know. Well, that's the thing I've recently realized. Like, whenever I'm selling something, like I've got tickets to something and I'm pushing really hard to sell the tickets. If I'm pushing, pushing to, hey guys, come to my, hey guys, I'm doing this gig, I'd love you to come. I go, fine. But no one gives a fuck. Yeah. And I realized the best way to do it is to not even mention that I'm selling something and just put out like six videos that week that are all fire mm, and it'll mm. sell out. Yeah. Because funny is the funny means buy. Instead of going, hey guys, can you come buy me? Support young aunt. They don't give a fuck. But if I put out a funny doof TikTok, it'll and then it'll sell out anyway. Yeah. So it's like funny is like my way of asking, come buy my show. Yeah. 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 It's weird how it works like that. It's I think like, it's a good strategy though, man. It's like if a girl, if, a, if everyone was following some hot chick, some fucking, one of these BBL looking chicks. What is that? Wait, what does that stand for? BBL? Brazilian butt lift. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've yeah, yeah, yeah. got big donks, basically. If she, yeah, yeah. If she was selling something. Nicki Minaj's, yeah. If she was about to release some sunglasses, she wouldn't go and be like, hey guys, I'm selling my sunglasses. No one gives a fuck about that. That week, she would just post a sexy series of photos. Yeah. The mm. Instagram would pop and then whatever happens, her one, voice is her sexiness. One yeah. of them being the lotion balancing on her butt. Yes. And her yeah. just looking at like, yeah. would you tap? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And me in the DMs, what are you doing tomorrow, yeah, bro? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a comedian. <laughs> I, can, I can make the edge with the comedy, man. <laughs> Don't put my back. You just chuck yeah. my back for a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. No. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's funny because, man, I always have this thing where I... Uh, I'm really about dopamine fasting. You know, we yeah, were we were yes. talking about we were talking about this before the show. How how you know with uh, booze and, and drugs and all that. How you know you say you, you don't drink and you mm -hmm. don't you don't uh, participate. And a big part of it is you say that you wanted to get your sort of natural dopamine from uh, from gigs. You know, and that kind of like dopamine a dopamine response would help build habitual systems. And if you're constantly going to you were saying this earlier, you constantly go to gigs. And like not comedy gigs, but music gigs, and you're talking to girls, or you're talking whatever. It's it's really pushing a different part of your brain to seek uh, to seek a certain kind of yeah. reward system that isn't serving you as a comedian. You know what I mean? But it's like if you have one cookie, you'll be thinking about that cookie for two months. Yeah. Like if I fucking go 
And uh, it's like this, a perfect example. There's a place in Preston called Takeaway Pizza. You guys know Takeaway Pizza? <sighs> Love that joint, man. Fucked. Shit, fuck I'm not going to go. So good. Man, those pizzas, the way, the creativity. The salami honey yeah. pizza. Oh, Salami honey pizza. That Mate, pizza it's... fucks my whole day up. Yeah. If I have that pizza at 11 a.m., I will be thinking about that pizza for the next week. I want to go and get this. Thing. Yeah, I you got to go, bro. I stay the fuck away from this joint. Yeah. Because I go there, I have one, and I'll be having it in two weeks, and in three weeks. But if I stop going there and go, don't go there, I won't think about it. Yeah. And that's the same thing. Like if I go to Electric, chasing some chick, and we're there, we have a good night, and we have a shine, and someone's like, brother, Jordan, come have a bump with me, bro. I'll fuck, I love you. The next weekend, I'll be like, oh, what did I do last weekend? That was so fun. Oh, Last night, I did four gigs. And at 11 p.m., me and the comedians were hanging out. We got a fucking slice of pizza hanging out. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go home. And I remember when I went home, I'm like, oh my God, if this was six months ago, I'd be out of lecture. Yeah. But yeah. Because I've been staying away, I've been good. You train yourself into these good habits of, um, you know, you don't need to go somewhere because your body doesn't know that there's something pleasurable there. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? My body goes, do the gig. That's where the pleasure is. Do the gig. I'll go watch a show because it's comedy festival. I've been watching a lot of other people's shows. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good way to be right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's why cunts like fucking, like, I don't know, my friend Joe Green, he had, um, he's doing comedy festival. He's doing like two weeks every night. And maybe a month before comedy festival or two months, I went up to him and like, how are you, because we, we help each other with our shows. And so I'm like, what are you doing to prepare for your show? It's an hour show, right? How are you going to market it? Are you mm. going to make a series of TikToks to promote it? What is it? He's like, no, I'm going to the Himalayas. I was like, what? He's like, he went to the Himalayas for a month and a half. Oh, like in Nepal. Yeah, yeah. He just fucked off. And he, he, he's like, I came back. He's like, I'm just ready to do comedy every now for one hour. No doubt. Got into a real Zen mode of space, clear the mind. Because, yeah. man, that's the thing about comedy, right? Like, there is an acute level of genius. Like, mm. there is definitely sort of like, you know, your smuttier jokes or like whatever, and it can be really lowbrow. Mm. But even then, that the stuff that hits, like sometimes it's, it's always got to be clever. And like, mm. that's one of my favourite things about comedy, you know what I mean? It's sort of like this duality of light and shade yeah. where it's sort of like exploring the darker areas mm. of our like psyches Psyche, and stuff, yeah. but like through the avenue of like making people laugh. Mm. And mm. yeah, I. but also, you know, yeah, it's just- And you have grounds. to be in a very specific state to be able to channel that kind of feeling. Absolutely. I'm not surprised he got zen and so like did that. So cheesy to say. Yeah, no. It's <laughs> energy on stage is the number one thing. Yeah. Like even like, I've heard Jerry Seinfeld say this. He's like- don't sit down if you're about to go on. He's like, if you're on next, you stand the fuck up. Yeah. And you move your arms because you want the flow to start. Like, it's like, it's almost like the fucking chi, the fucking- Yeah, chi, life force energy, yeah. You don't yeah. want your fucking body. If I was on next, I wouldn't be sitting like this. Yeah. And yeah. I do cooked shit. I've fucked rituals before Gigi. Yeah, yeah. Number one, I, I make myself need to go to the, take a piss. So like when I'm on stage, I'm busting. Because that energy is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're anxious. Uh, yeah. Not ang we're like, you need to be a little bit anxious. Yeah, yeah. you need to be a little second, bit nervous. If, you, if you're about to walk on stage and you go, I'm gonna crush, you will bomb. Yeah, it, confidence doesn't exist in this fucking art form. Yeah. it's about being. I'm gonna bomb. I suck. That is good. That means you're gonna go well. Yeah, yeah. and like me, like I even tell the guy who's like the MC, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna be over there, and I'm gonna think. I'm gonna trick myself. So when you say my name, I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm late, and I'll run to the stage. Like that little thing makes me funny. Yeah, little yeah. things like that make the energy flow differently. Did you like? Is that something that you developed on your own, or you actually like, like you said, like you just got it from listening to other comedians? Nah, like, I figured it out intuitively. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I do so many gigs, you know. Like when I first started comedy, I was 
I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do comedy. I, my friend Alessio, he was had already been doing it for a year. Yeah. I was like, okay, how many gigs do we need to do a week? And he goes, well, everyone in the scene, everyone mostly does like four or five. So I said, okay, I'm going to do 10 a week. Mm. Just because I'm just going to do whatever everyone is doing, I'm going to do the double. Yeah. So because I was doing so many gigs early on, I just got it. I know. Like I never, I've never had time off comedy since I started. I've never had like, I think the longest I had two weeks off. That is awesome, man. Huge dude. But that's, yeah. the, like, but that's the thing, man. You know what I mean? I think, you know, it's the similar, like, you know, they say the mamba mentality. Any sort of successful person ever will tell you that, like, nose to the grindstone and getting it done, like, working hard and, like, locking in and focusing. It's like, okay, I've got a dream. What do I, what steps do I need to do to do it? It's yeah. self-discipline to motivate yourself to push. Mm. And, like, it's that constant thing, man, especially in creative fields. Like, yeah. you have to... You know what I mean? And it's, you know, like you got people hating on you for doing what you do or like whatever. There's a lot of noise, but it's all exterior. And then you're successful and then they're gone. Especially with gigs, like people always like, yeah, but like, what if I bomb? Or like, how do you feel after a bomb? It's like, I don't have time to worry about the bomb. Yeah. When when I've bombed, I've got like two gigs that night. I don't have fucking time to sit there and be like, I bombed. You know, yeah. I've got to rush off to the next gig. And people go like, I bombed, so I had to take a week off. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. The best way to get over a bomb is to do another gig. Yeah, yeah. You need three gigs a night and you will stop giving a fuck about when you bomb. Dude, I had the same similar experience to like SO where like I, I had three sets and I'm like, you know, haven't played a festival in a while. Even though it was like, thank God it was an 11 a.m. set and there wasn't a lot of people. But mm. just like the night before, I was like, oh, fuck, that MC is sick. And I go backstage and the MC is there. I was like, hey, bro, what's up? And he's like, oh, hey, man, I remember you. For yeah, yeah, sick. And then it's like, so what are you doing? What, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, I'm playing. He's like, oh. He's like, do you need an MC? It's like, yep, yep. I'm, I'm extending this, this story, but it's like, you know, so he jumps on stage with me the next day and uh, I had to change a lot of my set and sort of put a lot of instrumental like tracks so he mm -hmm. could rap on. But then when I got there, the fucking laptop won't open because it's a 12 year, you know, all these little things kept happening and I'm just like, fuck, I thought I was prepared for this, but I'm so underprepared. Yeah, yeah. And I missed like, it was late, like late in the game of mixing. So you're sort of like, it, it wasn't a train wreck, but it wasn't the best like mix. Mm. And like the first 30 minutes, I'm just kind of like fucking, it would be the equivalent of not bombing, you know, train wrecking is probably like getting booed off stage. Yeah. You know that what I mean? Happen, though. Uh, nah, yeah. that doesn't happen though. Nah, that does, oh, you don't get booed off stage. No one gets It's just a quiet room, man. Yeah. It's no laughs. That's like the worst. Like little tumbleweed, yeah. just quiet. I'd rather, I love, if you, I've been booed before, that's fucking, you're still getting something. Yeah, 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 that's a reaction. Well, see, it's a good, it's a good it's feedback nothing, response. It's just like, fuck. But, you know, like in, in that moment to, to sort of go back at, to your point about going and playing another gig. Yeah. So I did find my fucking stride and then just got back into that flow. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, you're not shit. Yeah, I fucking love doing this. This is, this is right. This is, you know, and then the, the next set was that two hour hip hop. Like it was, a, it was an impromptu two hour set at this hammock te the Hammock Temple and it was like seven MCs. And it was like some of the tightest mixing I've done. But it's that point, it's like, oh yeah, man, that first one was just a, just a warm up. Yeah, You know what I mean? And then you get into that second one mm. and you're like, oh, I'm fucking warmed up. And it's like, yeah, cool, I bombed. Now I know what not to do. Yes. Now I know that joke doesn't hit the spot. Or, mm. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's a great, it's a great, I think, mentality. It's like yeah. the, to go to, to the generic, you know, it doesn't kill you, makes you sort of stronger. But it's like, it is. Yeah. You know, you got to fucking bomb to know what works and what doesn't. That's, yeah. that's the best feedback. Yeah. You shouldn't be scared to fail. Failure is growth. Yeah. Because yeah. then you go, okay, you know, mm. and, you, and you grow from that. But like, it's interesting, man, because like, especially in comedy, mm. there's a reason why they call it the school of hard knocks, right? Mm. 
You know what I mean? Because yeah. you literally have to, and like any comedian that's like successful, they they all have very similar stories. It's like, man, I was bombing out in like local comedy clubs for years. You know what I mean? Like, or for a while before you kind of, you know. And it's mm. like it's like almost science. It's yeah. you know you're testing jokes on yeah. different crowds, yeah. like different places. I, I, and I'm like, just thinking, so if I do ten gigs in a week, if four of them are bombs, I'm doing something wrong. Oh wow! Yeah, because if you're not bombing, you're not taking risks. Number one. Yeah. You're also doing the same set. You figured out what works. You're just doing it the same. It's very counterintuitive to actually like getting good at comedy. Yeah, yeah. You, if it's like every like Chappelle. Have you seen that footage of Chappelle bombing at a football stadium? Like, oh, recently, oh, like two years it. ago. It's like him on stage at a fucking football. Like fifteen thousand people. Silence, booze, and shit like this. You, every comic bombs. Like you're never gonna get to a place where you don't bomb. You're just yeah, gonna get wow. to your, your bottom average bombs are generally pretty high. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Because I always like with with Chappelle. I mean, you know, he, I love how he just like rocks up at the is it the comedy store and just starts doing a four hour yeah, routine the puppets, and yeah. yeah, and it's like it's completely unrehearsed and he gets pretty political and mm-hmm. stuff. And and I'm like, man, aside from being a comedian, one of the things that makes Chappelle so good is he's just such a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. And because his, I guess, not narrative, but his uh, his discourse has become. I guess more politically charged with what's going on in America, and it's very interesting to see the way he looks at the world. And it's like, man, this guy gets it. For me, at least, I share, yeah. I share the way he thinks yeah, about absolutely. things. But then I'm also a diehard Chappelle fan, yeah. so I'm maybe I'm biased like that. Yeah, that's the same thing. Like, Chappelle's done stuff that I haven't liked, but I'm still like, I just like him. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. my fucking mum says some wild shit sometimes. <laughs> I ask my mum about fucking some shit. I'm like, okay, all right, mum. <laughs> like, I still love my mum. Yeah, you know? that's yeah. why I get, I get so annoyed at people fucking telling off anyone. Yeah, because like, bro, you're not supposed to agree with everyone. Yeah, and yeah, comedians' yeah. jobs aren't to be right; they're to be funny. Yeah, and if it's funny, I don't give a fuck about how mean it is. It's yeah, like, fucking yeah. let them do. It. That's how I feel about everything. Yeah, yeah. So, like, all, all this that Will Smith. Shit pissed me off so much. Bro. Oh, really? Were you upset, we're, at, we're, were we're you upset at Will Smith or are you upset at the whole situation? Or I want to kick Will Smith in the face. I want to piss on his wife's face. Fuck Whoa. them both. I hope they die in a fucking bus accident. Damn. Fuck them. That's harsh. <laughs> People come, bro, fuck, Chris Rock got slapped on stage for doing his job. He was employed. And that's a corporate gig. The Oscars is a fucking, not well, a stand-up gig. Yeah, yeah. You employ a comedian, you fucking defend him when he gets slapped. Some shit can't slaps him. And still, t- I got into fights with people on my fucking Instagram. Yeah, but he made a joke about health. Who gives a fuck if it's about health? Yeah. Who gives a fuck if it's a ball joke? He could do a fucking kid molesting joke. I don't give a fuck. You can't slap someone. Yeah, yeah, Isn't yeah. that the same as when a fucking woman gets her ass grabbed? Yeah, but what was she wearing? You don't ask what was she wearing. You can't grab a woman's ass. You can't slap a comedian. Doesn't matter yeah. what they said. Doesn't matter what they wore. Yeah. It's fucking hypocritical shit. What, what, what makes me annoyed at the whole situation is like Ricky Gervais. I mean, when he got up on the, uh, was it the Oscars or the Academy Awards? I think the Academy. Academy. I mean, holy shit. He fucking roasted them like savagely. Like he made, was it like pedophile jokes on Mm. some of the people there? And I was just like, I fucking love this dude. Mm -hmm. He's just like, you guys, you booked me. Yeah, You knew what you were getting into. He said about Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. yeah, Well, you guys were friends with him. I didn't fucking know him. (laughs) You guys were the ones who were covering his back. Yes, sir. What was the joke? Like, you guys look like you've been- But yeah, like what he signaled out though is just how hollow the like upper echelons of upper management. Yeah, what was the joke? Like something about, oh, getting served to Harvey Weinstein or something like that. And I was just like, oh, that is so good. That is such a good burn. 
One thing I will say though is that like the will? reason why Chris you, you Rock, will I reckon, that. just took it like an absolute champ as well is because he's probably getting slapped upside the head since he was a teenager for saying cheeky shit. Yeah. You can imagine yeah. young you know Chris, you know what story? I mean? Just you like Chris Rock's love story. There's a TV show about it, isn't it? Not uh, just that, that's a comedy show. But he did a podcast with Neil Brennan, who was a writer with Yeah, he's Chappelle, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they yeah. did a podcast together. And he got into Chris Rock's like life. And Chris Rock's had the hardest life. He'd been being like mercilessly beat up since like a kid. He got sexually assaulted when he was a kid. Like, wow. from, like just brutal, brutal racism, psych- psychologically damaged. He's always been a small guy too. Yeah, he's a skinny, mm. skinny chap. He's a Will Smith's like what, 6'4", athletic goddess, god <laughs> king. Good goddess. And he's slapping the fat out of like a five foot four little skinny kid. It's just so pathetic. I yeah. thought, I think Will Smith's a dog. His kids are untalented losers. Yeah. Whoa. He's so they're going up. off daddy's He's loading fame. up. They're fucking shit cunts. Don is how loading many, up. How many times- <laughs> Get fucking Jaden Smith try and be famous. You know, he's a fucking, I hate all of them. I hate the Smiths. I, and I've hated them for fucking years. You know why? Fucking 2007, my auntie told me. My auntie used to have, um, she used to have a job and she used to go to Sydney a lot. And in Sydney, one of the things they had was like a corporate function and they got picked up in a limo. Yeah. She had, it was in a limo. My auntie's a fucking Anglo-Indian 50-year-old woman. So she's talking to the limo driver. Like, oh, this is lovely. She asked the limo driver, <laughs> have you ever driven this famous people around? Who was the best? And the limo driver said, oh, the best guy I've ever driven on is Keanu Reeves. He came here, we were filming the Matrix series. I was his driver for like two or three months every day. He was very immediate, broke down the, the barriers between I am your employee. He invited me out for runs every day. He invited me to dinner with his wife. Super friendly guy, loved him to death. We're still close mates. I have his number in my phone. Keanu Reeves is the best. My auntie was like, oh, that's amazing. I love Keanu. Who's the worst? And this is like 2006. Yeah. And she, he goes, not even a question. The worst celebrity ever picked up was Will Smith. Cunt. Really? Number one, not only a bad person, like a yucky soul, treats anyone who isn't like in the biz as like a worker and like, he's like yelled at me. I told my um, agency that the limo driver works for, he goes, I don't want to pick him up anymore. Get, get another driver. Yeah. So I knew he was a dog 10 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. And fucking when this happened, I'm like, picture fucking that. Rat cunt, Will shit. I hate him. Slapping a comedian <laughs> for telling a joke. Fuck that shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say one thing. I will say one thing, I think, which good, is good interesting. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't, look, I don't mind Big Willie Styles, all right? But, yeah. and, I, and I do think that, like, there's a couple of songs he's made with DJ Jazzy Jeff that Jazzy I Jeff. do really enjoy. Yeah, those songs are great. One, one of them's like, Can't Wait to Be With You. It's like this old 90s jam, and yeah. I do love it. But um, I, I think that the, the bigger point to be made here as well, though, um, is that he kind of cracked. So, like, the dude's spent, I don't know, almost his entire life. Like since he was a teenager, he's been in the entertainment industry. Mm. And the it's all eyes on you. It's public scrutiny, flat chat, rah, rah, rah. And like everyone always says like, oh, you know, he gets paid heaps of money to deal with that and rah, rah, rah. But what I'm saying is like something's got to give, man. Something's got to give. And for all we know, him and Jada could have had a fight before they even yeah. got to the well, Oscars. she's cheated on him as well, right? That was a thing. Like, that was a big thing I as saw well. A meme, I saw a meme that made me laugh so much. Oh, no. What was, was it? The meme was like, now nah, props to Will. I would never slap someone else. I would never slap a man for someone else's girl like that. <laughs> That's fucked. It's oh, so heavy. True. But now, now he's getting dragged oh, through the absolute mud. And like, look, I don't condone, mm. like, because I do believe that comedy is the ultimate bastion of free speech mm. and that like- Bastion like that. But I will also say that there is a double-edged sword sometimes because you know, like when you're in the schoolyard and mm. someone will say something about you, you start getting visibly upset and it's like, oh, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. Yeah. 
And it's like, yeah, but is it? But I mean, like, you know, obviously on like such a public big stage mm. like that worldwide, like complete faux pas, yeah. you know and what I mean? he's been employed to, he's like, we've got to get a Chris Rock comedian renowned to perform his jokes yeah. at this crowd. Yeah. And I know from my perspective, if I've, I've done gigs and the audience have tried to attack me and they have security come and fight them. That's happened. Several of them. Wait, wait, wait. During your shows? I've done uh, Comedy Festival 2021 or 2019, I forget. I did a gig and these Geelong cunts rocked up halfway through the gig. I'm on stage. It was called The Nasty Show. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't The Nasty Show. I'm not going to name the, the name of the venue because I'm going to get trouble. But I was on stage. <laughs> there was about 40 people there who've paid about $35 to get in. Yeah. I was the first act on. And while the MC was on warming up the audience, the MC goes like 10 minutes at the top. We're back here and we're watching these sort of Geelong Aussie cunts with snapbacks bent up and these kind of little fucking oh yeah, two pints in each hand. They sit down. There's like five of them sit right in the front row, the empty seats. And they're just chip chapping, chip chapping, but not like heckling. Yeah. But it's like, oh, Jono, that's like you, bro. And the, the MC's like, whatever. The MC goes, hey, guys, you've just been talking a little bit. Just remember, this is a comedy show. Just keep it down. But they're like, oh, yeah, sorry, mate. All good. Keeps going on, keeps going on. And they kept interacting. Yeah, every five seconds. Inter- and the MC, I know him. He's not the best at handling crowds and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So I could see he, he was just getting beat by these things. Yeah. And it's frustrating because the audience have paid money to see this show. Yeah. And their experience is getting reduced because of these four or five, five people. people. yeah. So I was walking, I was like, on first, I'm looking at this, I'm like, I'm good at this shit. Yeah. If one of them say one thing, I'm going far. I'm going hard. Yeah, yeah. And I could see, I was behind the audience. So I could know, I noticed the main guy talking had a little bit of a bald patch going on. So I'm like, if he says anything to me, I'm, I'm bringing up <laughs> Busting the Busting the bald jokes. That's what's, that's what, anyway, the guy, I, the MC is just like, I can't, can't hold, he can't tame the whip and he's going to get off now. So he's like, all right, guys, I'm going to begin the first act. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to say Dan Rosario. I go on stage and I'm doing my thing. I'm going really well. The audience are loving it. And, and this guy starts talking. And I, I just say, hey guys, just letting you know, I'm not like the MC. So you better shut the fuck up, all right? Yeah. Just relax. They were like, oh yeah, just about to say a punchline. Oh, fuck. All right. They wrecked the joke. I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to ask you one more time. Just don't talk anymore. Because if you talk, I'm going to lose it. And the audience was like, ooh. And I was like, okay. Back to the material. Blah, 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 blah. They interrupted one more time. And I was like, that's fucking it. That's fucking it. You fucking dumb redneck cunts. And I'm like, I know why you're fucking talking the most. Because if I had all your fucking mates, you're the first cunt to go ball. And everyone decides, screw This guy was like, fuck, fuck. And his yeah. friends were like, yeah, suck a dick, Jono. He got you. Like, and then I just had, I started doing material again. But the audience wanted me to pick on them because they hate him too because he's wrecking yeah. their show that they've paid for. Yeah. So I just started going and going and just slaughtering with this material. Yeah. And I was just... just you just making up on the spot, right? Like you're just roasting just me. Roasting the fuck out of this kind, yeah. telling him he looks like fucking his shops at Cotton On and all that. Whatever the fuck I was saying. <laughs> and then I went, the last thing I said to him, I was like, you're stupid, you're dumb, you don't get it, you have no respect. And I hope on the way home, Someone glasses you. Wow. <laughs> and his mates and him said, fuck you, you can't fucking say that. That's fucking disgusting. And I was like, oh, all good, bro, all good. And then all of them sort of like stood up and they just started walking towards that. And one of them goes, you ever been bashed on stage? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, the like, oh. and the security came in running and they grabbed it. There was this big thing trying to fucking, there was like five of them and three security guys. And I was trying to, they just took them off. They fought them down the stairs and all the comedians were like, fuck. And my mate, like I can hear them. They're like, yeah. 
we're gonna fucking kill him. They're like, and I'm still, I'm gonna finish my minutes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you ever, you ever done to perform comedy while you're hearing people figure out how they're gonna beat you up? <laughs> yeah. So right off, security guards intercepted me. They're like, hey, we are strongly advising you not to leave. They've been kicked out, but they're in an alleyway waiting to beat the fuck out of you. They got glasses and everything. So, yeah. What are you gonna do here? I'm like, I got another gig. I gotta go. So they were like, just wait here. We're gonna call the cops. I'm like, I don't have time to wait for the cops. I gotta go. So me and my mate swapped outfits, <laughs> put a hood on. We go down slow, like picking around corners. Like that. we go down and I asked the secchi of the dog, like, which way do they go? They go, went that way. So we're going this way. Ran around and just like bolted, bolted, bolted like four blocks. Ran to the other gig, got on stage, smashed out the gig. As I'm leaving that gig, two people come up to me like, oh my God, we just saw you at the other gig. And I was like, <laughs> oh shoot. He goes, yeah, the whole audience are here now. I was like, oh great. Uh, but yeah, that was, it just, it happens, man. Yeah. And you just say, keys look after you. But that's why the Oscars thing is annoying. Cause like Chris Rock got like nothing happened. No one was mm. up to there like, to break it up. Well, cause no one would dare touch Will Smith though, would they? stupid. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, it was weird though, because like he was kind of like half smiling when he came off stage and like, I don't know. Yeah, was it the, was it like it was kind of like a do you know what I mean? Like was it, it was, an act? Was it a setup? Well, my mates when when we watched it, all my housemates were just like, "No, nah, it's not real. It's not real." Because he was leaning, real. he was but hands behind, people. and I was here as well. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you were the, the one same in, thing. You yeah. were just like, "Nah, man, it's not real." But did you? It's not real. Did, you know what? It painted the picture really well when he did this speech. He said something in the speech that made me realize what the situation. Was. He and celebrity famous people don't get. Shit from people. They don't. They don't take criticism because people love it. People sucking his dick since he was fucking twenty years old. Oh, we love. Since he was fresh prince. When yeah. he, he, he said in his fucking speech, he goes, "You know, just like King Richard, you got to protect your friend." Like he compared himself to the actor, the the character, but he the, he a shitty actor who just does nothing but act. That's just a great contribution to society. The black man who raised Serena and fucking the, the Venus was. That man and like the the trials and tribulations he would experience as a father, a black man in such a white sport. He compared himself to that. Don't fucking deluded. You have to do. You fucking played a role in a shitty movie that no one actually saw, and you're comparing yourself to some <laughs> independent guy in the fucking seventies who raised two black women and became superstar. You know how fucking crazy you have to be yeah. to compare yourself to that person. Yeah, These yeah. people are deluded. They're crazy people. They're not emotionally secure. And that's when you hear it. That, that's why Ricky Gervais and, and these, these Oscars hosts do such an amazing job because they're shitting on people who don't get shit on. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're copying it. Like I go to gigs and shit on people like you, like random people and they love it because they're emotionally intelligent, random, normal people who get slapped sometimes and they 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 learn to do it. I've gotten fucking, you know, picked on. Mm. And no one thinks I'm amazing. No one's sucking my dick all the time. Yeah, yeah. But these Hollywood fake rats... Yeah. And someone picks on them and they just freak out and hit someone. You need to fucking control these people. That's why it's crazy. Like they get away with they get away with anything. Yeah. And that's why I just don't feel so unjust to me. That fucking, I don't know, they cancelled the fucking blue haired cunts on Twitter, cancelled the dog from Paw Patrol because he's a cop and Black Lives Matter. But they're not gonna cancel Will Smith for slapping the fuck out of someone at work. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't slap nurses. The government have like a rollout of advertising. You can't hit our nurses. Doesn't matter what the situation is. I've had nurses that are absolute cunts, but I've not got to slap them. I'm not going to slap them because I'm an emotionally intelligent person. Yeah. But you can slap a comedian. And since that Will Smith thing is go to YouTube, recently, a lot of people have been standing up towards me. There's a guy who's doing a gig at a laugh factory. There's a clip yeah. going around. A guy stands up, throws a chair at him, picks up the mic, and starts beating him with it. 
It's because now fuckwits are going to see that and be like, yeah, fuck, if someone says that to me, I'd fucking hit him too. Yeah, It's yeah. a bad thing for comedy, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Does, I just hate it so much. It's so annoying. Well, that's the thing. It's just like you accept when you go to a stand-up gig, especially a small one that's not a stadium, that, that you are going to get picked on. Like, like if you go to a Jimmy Carr gig, you know Jimmy Carr is going to roast you. That's 100%. why he opens up the floor to, you know, all right, roast me. Yeah. He lets, you know what I mean? Like he lets the crowd roast him. And that's one thing I love about Jimmy Carr. When yeah. he does that, it's like roast me. And then he just, his, you know, props to him for his fucking super sharp wit fast is that like, you'll just fucking have a comeback yeah. to that so good. But it's like, if you go to a Jimmy Carr gig and get roasted by him and then get upset and walk up and leave and you know it's going to be a fucking heinous joke. There's something wrong with you. 100%. Like you agree, you, why else would you be at the gig? Unless, you know, a friend of yours like said, hey, do you want to come see the stand-up yeah, show? And yeah. you didn't, you didn't know what you were getting into. Yeah. Then, but know. even like, if, if you cop it, you cop it, just suck it up. You don't get the talk still. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, I, I heard a comedian say this. I'll, I'll, I'll say this and I'll let you no, go. go, go. There was a comedian who said this, I think five or six years ago. He goes, when YouTube came out, um, we noticed more heckling. Mm. Because what's popular on YouTube? Comedian owns heckler. Those yeah. videos were blowing up. So people were like, I want to go to a show and heckle. That was a thing. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Heckling increased when those videos became popular, when YouTube came out. And there's clickbait. And this this Will Smith thing, it's like now there's going to be an increase of people rushing the stage. That's just how it works. Yeah. People see it and be like, yeah, I can fucking do that. I've had it a duck fat. I've had cunts like fucking be like, fuck you. And I'm like, yeah, fuck And I roast them. It's different. Yeah. But yeah. I, yeah it's, it's just a thing. I've had I've recently, like this year, I had six boys circle me with knives at a party. And say, if you make another Fatima video, we're going to cut your throat. It's a real thing. People- What? Yeah, 100%. That happened in January. Is it pull a knife on me and say, we will slit your fucking throat if you make another Fatima. That's why I don't do Fatima anymore. Really? Is that why? That's why. Because his mum's name was Fatima. The, the oh. daughter of the Saint Muhammad. Yeah, um, I mean like- Whoa, yeah, man. I'm, people, people get real serious about that. People not being able to- Like you are not- emotionally intelligent to, to understand a joke and see irony built into something that I'm doing. So you react in violence. And yeah. that is the death of comedy right there. And now people are getting more enthused to do that because- Will know, Smith did it. And it's it, it, not only just Will Smith, but like the why was Will Smith able to do it? Because of cancer. Because the whole, you can't say that anymore. That's offensive. That has started. And now the fact that Will Smith is acting on that, a lot of people are going, yeah, alopecia can't. No. You can't do that. You can't tell people to shut the fuck up because you don't like they said words. Yeah. You know? So that's Freedom the, of speech. The Will Smith thing was like the, a big a big act of cancel culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? And for, when you defend what he did, it's like, you're not just defending Will Smith's, defending his wife, whatever the fuck that bullshit is. You're defending people's ability to tell someone to shut the fuck up because they don't like it. You know what I mean? Because mm. we, we're getting paid to do it. Like I do those fucking roasting TikToks and shit. People come to Duck Fat because they want to see that happen. Yeah. You know, and if you're telling people, yeah, we want, some people like it, some people don't like it. If you don't like it, don't the fuck go to comedy shows. Stay the fuck away. It's a niche art form for a very small group of society. Mm. You know, so that's why the Will Smith thing really bugs me because it's like, it's 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 a deeper issue right now. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, that's the thing. The issue is political correctness or cancel culture is yeah. what you're upset about. And I, but, and but, on, but on that same thing as well, like you shouldn't then cancel Will because if you're against cancel culture- then you shouldn't cancel Don't cancel them, but do something. Like, I liked what happened to you. You got well, banned from the Oscars. That's I, great. I, but even then, <laughs> I just think that yeah. that's also like really like weak from the Oscars as well. Like, it's like, Shut oh, me. this is us like doing something about it or whatever. But I don't think you should like necessarily cancel him or ban him. We need to look at this as a simple fact. The man had an emotional breakdown. Did he? 
Yes, he did, man. Well, he was laughing when the joke landed. Yeah. And then oh, he dude, got dude, up. But did you see him doing the speech, man? He's weeping the whole well, time. That's, that's what I'm like. Bro, he had, and he snapped. He weaked him. He snapped. Something like, and you know, man, Denzel said it, man. When you're up at the top, that's when the devil comes for you, man. And he meant yeah. that. And Denzel said that as well. And he knows, man, do you know what I mean? That there's a lot of fury in like, mm. you know, being a black man in America. Like there's a lot of anger and rage about like the mistreatment of like in a whole different levels. And I'm not saying that, but what I'm trying to say is, is that like what Denzel's trying to say is he's encapsulating like right when you're at your best, you're at your peak and you think you've got it all. Boom. That's when you snap. Yeah. That's yeah. when it comes to you. And that's like an emotional thing. And I'm just saying that like, that's w what I feel like it happens. I do agree with you though as well. Like it's not good for comedy. It's not good for mm. freedom of speech and stuff like that. Mm. The bloke snapped. Mm. He fully had a moment of weakness and he yeah. just like. Yeah. 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 On, and like, and in such a public sphere as well. Like it's just absolutely wild. Yeah, well, I, was thinking, I just don't want people to remember Chris Rock as that. Same. Yeah, yeah. Go, so funny, Chris man. Rocks, like, should, should I bring the pain special? You know this special? Greatest, well, arguably best special of all time. Best. What, what is this? What is this? Chris Rock's 1993 special, Bring the Pain. Uh, arguably the best that? comedy special of all time. And the fact that he will be remembered as the guy who got slapped by Will Smith, that makes my fucking blood boil. Yeah, Chris yeah. Rock's one of the reasons I started seeing it. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the goat, bro. You reckon he's the goat? All right, there's, there's too many goats. Uh, like the current go to Chappelle, but that goat will end soon. I think it's kind yeah, of- Yeah, like his, his star is, is that, cause I'm like, I've always, I've loved Chris Rock's movies. Like Head of State's one of my favorite yeah, movies, yeah. you know? And um, and yeah, again, growing up with him, but I compared to like Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Uh, I can't Raw. say Eddie's the goat. I can't say no, Back in the day, he would have been one of like- He had two good ones and then he just stopped. He just started making movies that really weren't actually that good. Yeah. And he, he had- I think Louis C.K. described Eddie as the most, he's like an athlete. Yeah. Like he's able to do the most comedy, but his ideas were never that rich. He, he was a young dude. He was 24, 25 when he released those yeah, specials. Yeah. And then when those specials came out, he stopped doing comedy. And he was good at SNL and shit as well. Yeah, of yeah. course. But yeah. He, if he, to be goat, to be goaded, you need to do it for the long run. I think the three goats of our era. Bill Burr. Uh, Bill Burr's like the new one. Okay. Yeah. Bert's, like it was Seinfeld, Louis, and Chris. Yeah. Now the new year is Chappelle, Bill, and I would say like maybe like Jim Gaffigan or something. I actually never heard of Jim Gaffigan. He's good. He's good. And then now it's like John Mulaney and um, a Schultz is probably going to be careful. Then if he Schultz needs Andrew, a Andrew Schultz is awesome. He, he needs but, a special. Yeah, yeah. He needs a special. But his style of comedy is like it's kind of what you were saying about like just roast, he just roasts people. Like he just sits there and well, goes. That's why he's a genius. He he's doing the roasting. Because he hasn't shown his material to anyone, but his material mm. is the best. Yeah, yeah, he just doesn't release his material because once you release it on the internet, you can't use it anymore. That's true. So yeah, he yeah. does when he tours. He does like an hour and a half. He does half an hour of crowd work, films all of that, cuts it up for clips. So his like, content's blowing up, and then the material he crushes. No one knows his material unless you get yeah. to see him live. So yeah, if you want the premium. You got to see him live. It's genius. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, because I uh, admittedly like I don't think I've ever heard of his uh, like his raw stuff. You know what I it's mean? It's the best. He's a fucking New York comic, so his comedy is like the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no one knows it. When you go see him live, he just has only material. That's and sick. He's got a special mm. coming out that no one's seen, so it's perfect. Yeah. 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 There's this British guy, Daniel Kitson. You ever heard of that guy? Go. Oh man, Goat. he's unbelievable, yeah. but refuses to film any of yeah. his stuff because he's like, 
you won't come and see me. Yeah. He's like, my job is to put bums on seats in theaters. Yeah. And yeah. if I release all these like recorded materials, mm. DVDs, like whatever, you, you, you're just not going to come. Yeah. But he is so funny. He just does like human condition slice of life stuff. Yeah. And I, I dig He's it. crazy good. He's crazy I gotta, good. You, so you, gotta, you gotta tell me this though, because uh, I haven't seen one in a while. I, I recently on uh, Netflix, uh, is it Mo Armour? He's a gun. He's yeah. so fucking good. And like, you know, as, as an Arab, I'm just like, dude, I fucking relate to this guy. I'm like, I know exactly. And he's, he is like, he's raised as well or lived in this sort of Arab world. So he brings that kind of flavor really well. And I was like, dude, I totally fucking get where this guy's at, you know? And it's like, I think Arab people are generally pretty funny. Like, like if you grew up in Bahrain, like, Bahrain is probably one of the most slang. Like we have, we have a lot of Indian words that we use in our dialect. We have a lot of Iranian influence. We've just got, we're a melting pot. So our language is very, as far as Arabic goes, it's fucking but, like butchered. Mm. And a bunch of my mates that I know that are in radio, uh, shout out to Imran and uh, Ali Fingers. They're actual stand, like Bahraini stand-up co comedians. Oh, yeah. And they got Maz Jabrani. They got Russell. You know, you guys know Maz Jabrani? He, was, mm. he did that Axis of Evil. Have you ever seen yeah, that? Yeah, the Axis yeah, of yeah. Evil? Yeah. That shit was a fucking hilarious. I saw that in high school. Axis of Evil comedy tour where they got a bunch of uh, Arab and Iranian Americans and they essentially toured the Middle East, but then they toured the world. And the jokes were pretty much about being um, of Middle Eastern uh, ethnicity or... Um, Muslim like sort of background in living in America and then also going to, you know, the Middle East and having this weird dichotomy of like, you know, like Dubai was one of the jokes that uh, this guy Ahmed Ahmed did. He's like, oh, you know, you go to Dubai and uh, right around eight o'clock, you know, the, the mosque is going, Allah, and then right around the corner, <laughs> you know, it's pretty funny because I'm like, that is totally funny. When I used to go clubbing, as a 17 year old, it's like, oh guys, it's 2 a.m. Like the, the, the prayer starts at like three or three, four in the morning. So the club has to shut. So we'll all stop partying for like that, wait for the, the morning prayer to finish and then go to that, like the, the sort of lounges that are open at 24 hours yeah, so we can yeah. all just drink. But anyways, digressing here, um, more armor, pretty, yeah. Pretty funny, Isn't funny it? material. Do you guys um, ever get around Russell Peters? Yeah, fuck, <laughs> fuck he's yeah. so funny. He's I mean, similar, was, similar thing, you know, like he's doing like being a, uh, an Indian man, like in America, like living in that, like, you know, trying to fit into that society and stuff yeah. like that. He's a funny motherfucker, man. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah. He mm. fell off though, didn't he? he yeah, he, I, don't I, don't, I haven't seen him do anything, I, but like his old stuff I think, is funny, I, I, man. I think, <laughs> Maybe he just felt like he, well, cause I don't know, like. No, I think the internet like happened. I think the internet, like, like for a period of time, YouTube, was still pretty young and then that's where his videos got the whole Punani joke thing was like it was <laughs> like you know before the algorithms kicked in and I feel like he was pretty big at that time but then um, you know it's, it's a saturation it was the thing like I know that there's a lot of big comedians who blew up from um, singular bits yeah like um, a good example is Russell Peters somebody's got to get a hit that one somebody's that was get, so yeah. big people came for the joke they didn't come for him yeah so he huge became the biggest comic on the world for like three years and then after that they're like oh now he's not doing that bit when he tours with us mm -hmm. another one was um, you remember that ages ago it was around the same time there was a woman who had the you got a boyfriend with the nails this is the <laughs> nail salon bit yeah, yeah. nail salon bit blew up yeah, and this woman became like the big touring act, and then they came and saw her for like a year or two, and it was over. Yeah, it's kind of like Cat Williams as well. Cat Williams, another one. Oh, bro, you 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 
You're terrifying me doing that, bro. No, 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 bro, 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 bro. You, you, you're really you? you're terrifying the Mate, shit out of me. It's just about a gentle pour. You've just got to be. Oh man, do you know what I mean? I'm fucking. I'm in control. My heart is in my asshole right I'm now. I'm in control <laughs> of everything, dude. I've had shit being spilled on my gear. I was like, oh. not today, baby. Don't you worry, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm Look, a if that was bro. me, if I'm that was bro. me, <laughs> we, we wouldn't. We yeah, this podcast is pretty. We fried it. That's a good jug, though. I'm impressed with uh, that. It's a. Oh wait, oh, that's my glass. No, 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 that's my one. I got you that one. I've been drinking from that one, bro. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Get my COVID, baby. Cheers, boys. You beauty. Cheers, lads. Salute. A toot. Pleasure. But so, yeah, don't worry, man. It's all good. It's all about risk control. I'm a, I'm a bartender in a past life. I yeah, can pour sure. like the best of them. Give me a wristy. <laughs> no, no, no. You got to pay for that. Yeah. That, that costs. Happy Easter, baby. That, co- that costs extra. That's <laughs> <laughs> all the way you're twisting that jug, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so look, man. We've been we've been talking about uh, just you know we we've 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 really got into that sort of PC culture, but um, I really want to kind of roll things back here. Let's go back in mm. time. Two things I want to kind of go through a sequence is your sort of origin story and how you decided to become like this was the path. You said earlier that you really started doing stand up at, uh, I can't remember the date, but you said that earlier. 2018. 2018. But obviously, you made that sound as if you were kind of already maybe testing out your jokes on your friends or just, mm-hmm. you, you know, I would imagine that any stand up community is just naturally funny. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like yeah. I was always a funny dude. When I was um, 14, sorry, 14, I was 19, it was 2014. Yeah. Um, I tried stand-up, like independently. I, just, I looked it up. I Googled how to, where did you stand-up in Melbourne? And mm. there was a place called the Comics Lounge, which is still running. I just went and stood out the front. I couldn't afford to pay entry or anything. And then the show ended and all these people flooded outside. And I just grabbed people, hey, you a comedian? They were like, no. I started asking randoms. Yeah. And I asked some guy, are you a comedian? He goes, yeah, kind of. And I go, oh, where can I get up? And he was like, oh, come to this thing. He's like, there's a, he invited me to some Facebook group. And then he said, come to the, I just found one. It was Fish Face Comedy. It was Footscray. Yeah. So I caught the train there one night. I was stoned off my tits. And mm. I went and I performed and give five minutes. And I did well. And then I was like, oh, so there's a comedy scene. Mm. And I did a couple of gigs here and there. Maybe like once every two weeks I was doing a gig. But I was like, not really in it at the time. So yeah. I just sort of started partying, doing my own thing. And then when I was 22, um, it was 2018. And I woke up. In the middle of the night, I was in Mykonos mm. with my ex. Mm. And I woke up, I'm like, I want to do comedy. And she was like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do comedy now. What, what year was this? 2018. It was like 2018, August. Yeah, yeah. And I woke up um, and we went home that weekend. I got landed on a, fr- a Saturday. On Sunday, I did three gigs. I just opened mics. My friend Alessio, he's like, came in and he was like, I'll take you to all the open mics. We yeah. started doing gigs every day. I'm doing a gig every day. Started just learning and writing jokes and sort of getting in front of all types of crowds. Slowly climbed the ladder. I got good very quick. And now I can, most gigs in Melbourne will have me. Yeah. And it's, is a big, there's a pretty big comedy scene in Melbourne. I don't know if you guys watch many, watch comedy in Melbourne, do you? Um, I've been to a few, uh, I went to see Carl Barron here once. Oh, and yeah. uh, what's that guy? Arj Barker. I think I've I seen like it. two nights ago, yeah. He's yeah. pretty funny. So, so my housemate, um, he is, uh, he does puppetry of the penis. Yeah, really? he's like third generation or something wow. like that. So he does a lot of uh, shows and stuff. And it's funny, he's taking me with him to Hen's Nights and, you know, a uh, small small little segue here. It's like, he's like, oh, you know, I was 19 or 20 at the time. And he's like, oh, you go out there and greet the women and stuff like that. 
And I was like, all right, okay. He's like, yeah, you, you just go, go just like, you know, give an introduction. And I go out there and they're like, take it off, take it. And I just turned around, went back. And I'm like, they're hardcore, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, He's like, show us your dick. I'm like, ah. Oh <laughs> so, but you know, he gets up there with the cape and everything. And, and uh, it is more or less a comedy show, mm. you know, yeah. with lots of foreskin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So he he's always been the conduit. Sorry, the reason why I brought that up is he's always been a conduit for me to go to the stand up, uh, not stand up, the Melbourne comedy shows, and it's on it's on now. And I'm like, you know what? I fucking love comedy. I don't know why. What we should be, we should be going to these things. Mm. You know, mm. how long is it going for? What the, the, the comedy festival? The festival? Yeah, well, the it comedy, ends in like a week. The comedy festival ends in a week, but there's or even the comedy like scene that's in right. general. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah comedy yeah. clubs. Yeah, there's like there's to name a few. There's like. Comedy Republic, there's the Comics Lounge, there's Catfish, there's Duck Fat. Yeah, Duck there's, Fat. There's so many. There's Voltaire. Yeah. There's so many gigs. Like, that. there's like, any night of the week, you just rock up and there's just- the Man, man I, I am going to make it. We we should. Like, I am definitely invited me to the Duck Fat thing. I was yeah. like, man, I'm just fucking, now I've got a lot more free time, but- uh, On May 4th and 5th, we're doing a show. I uh, can give you some free tickets if you like. Fuck I'll yeah. pay. Yeah. I don't pay. I do. Come man. Cause he sells out every time, baby. I'm just saying, like, I'm, you know I'm a big believer I'm, in supporting. Yeah, I'm, I'm you, you gonna. Babes. All good. Don't worry. I'm gonna take. Right, I'm right. gonna well, take that free. Not to worry about it. I won't yeah, worry come about on it. The fifth. The fifth's gonna be a big night. <laughs> look, look, I'm gonna take the free ticket because I'm gonna have to fucking pay for a babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. No, come down. It's a good time. The thing is, though, man, is that like I'm glad you're highlighting this fact because like a lot of people do get around comedy whilst the comedy festival's on, but like not as many people like would actively see comedy while it's like not. On, I feel. I, I'm only, definitely Australia like is that. the only place where it's like that. Like yeah. In London and in New York and other, like in, not New York, just like anywhere in America or anywhere in the UK, Europe, comedy scene is so active. Just because density of population, there's no mm. pop, there's no people in this country. Yeah. So there's not enough people. I know mm -hmm. everyone. You have a fuck, I can't even meet a new girl. Every girl I know is like, oh, that's that fucking friend. You don't, there's so little people in this city. Yeah. It's hard to have a bustling population. That's why comedy, it's hard comedy scene here. There's The comedy scene is structured in such a way here that's mm. sort of very old school compared to places like LA, New York, London. How, how so? Like what's that structure look like? Well, back, well, I don't know if you guys like, uh, like, you know, the, the New York and LA comic scene. So like back in the day, you'd spend your whole career just getting five minutes. And that five minutes, you get on David Letterman and then you're famous. Yeah. And yeah. then you write it out and you go on tour and you sell out tickets during an hour. And then you become a fan and you start a pod. Now it's like you get a podcast. And that old mm -hmm. five minutes sort of thing is sort of dated. Because then why would you just write five minutes to get on a TV show? No one watches TV. Everyone's listening to podcasts. So yeah. start a podcast, start putting clips up. That's like the, the new method. That's like Joe Rogan sort of did that. Tom Segura. Yeah. Um, yeah. Schultz. Tom Segura's funny, Schultz. man. Tom Segura's the goat, bro. You know that podcast, uh, Your Mum's House? Yeah. That's the best. yeah funny, my housemate Papa watches funny. that all the time. Sorry, I just, but, anyway, but, go on. But, but those, that's how you do it now. You start a podcast and you build your own following. That's yeah. the best way to, to become a working comic. But mm. in Australia, that method's only implemented very recently by a few people. What I'm doing with the TikToks and stuff, that's like new. What the fuck? The that's the hybridization scene, of, yeah. yeah. The comedy scene is still very traditional. You get five minutes, you do all the gigs in town. When you can get booked everywhere, then you might get seen in front of a manager or something. And then they can- Oh, like an agent or a manager? An agent, a manager. Yeah. There's only four management companies in Australia. And uh, if wow. you get signed, you're sorted. But if not, you can't make any money. There's no paid gigs in Melbourne. Are you signed to any one of them yet? No. no. My whole game right now is, I'd oh shit, sorry. That's I'm okay. trying to get signed. If I can get signed, 
That means that they can put you, they set you up at the venue for comedy festival. They send you to um, all the, there's like five or six festivals. There's Fringe, there's Adelaide, there's Melbourne, there's Gold Coast, there's Perth, there's Canberra, all these festivals. And they put you in front of people, they sort it out, they pay for the, the venue, they order, they push you. So you can mm. make like a, a couple hundred, not hundred, you can make like 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand, depending on the size of the venue that you're in. Yeah. In four months. And then that's your money for the year. Yeah. So yeah. my thing is if I go to New York, I can't live, I have to get a job. So if I can get signed and then make money within those four months, I can come to Melbourne every year, come to Sydney every year, come to, go to all the places. Yeah, you can tour Australia. Mm. Make my money and then fuck off to New York for the remainder of the year. And then yeah. come back once a year. That's, that's my- and, and I'm assuming you do have that ambition. Yeah, uh, Like the amount of gigs that you say you do in a week sounds like you, you are pretty ambitious and you're taking this extremely serious. Like this is- yeah your life yeah. at this point, you know? I want to be the biggest comic in Australia. That'd be That's sick, man. Yeah. That's your goal. I hope you get yeah. there, man. Fuck, man, I'll shake your hands right there. And I believe I'll, you I'll fucking, get there as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I definitely back that in. You, oh, thank you. you bash I that think TikTok, as well, bitch. There's another, there's another side to it as well that is like kind of cool, which is that when you do get signed and you do get famous, you know, you can start being on like, have you been paying attention? Yeah. What you that, start what going on quiz shit? shows. What is that shit? That's another thing. Why, why do we have those? Like, <laughs> why is that? This is this is the, this, form, this, the the mainstream format of or. no one what like that's the thing like channel nine channel ten get like maximum thirty k views if that's a really good episode oh my god we did it that what is that like that's fucking shit if I put up a fucking TikTok and got thirty k I failed yeah you want to get five hundred k three hundred k fifty k that's that's good numbers you know yeah and yeah. I put up a TikTok way more people see it that's why for me there's a, when I started doing these TikToks and shit people got sort of Sub subtly cut at me, all the other comics, because mm. the comics been doing it for 12 years and they're like, they're selling tickets. Why? How? And I'm like, because I'm on TikTok. And they're like, what? And I'm like, there's this thing. And for whatever reason, you put a clip up and it just takes off and it's getting more views. Everyone's, this is where everyone is now. Yeah. So all these comedians who have been doing comedy for 10 years and got nowhere in Melbourne are like, how could I, how do I do it? So I'm teaching them mm. how to get on TikTok. Mm. Michael Schaefer is a good friend of mine. He's a great comic, amazing comic. He was a writer for the project. He still is. And he's putting out more TikToks than me and he's got way more followers than me. He's like, that's the way now because that's yeah. where the people are watching. No one's watching TV. How many people do you know actually watch TV? No, we just watch fucking streaming services or YouTube. Fucking earth. Because it's selective. We it's, get to choose what we want. No, no one's getting famous off TV anymore. Yeah. The whole David Letterman right five minutes to get on TV. It's dead. Yeah. No point. But the management companies in Australia, um, I'm not going to say who they are, but they still um, get their acts on TV and they think it's really good. But like, what they should be doing is funding their acts with, here's a podcast. Yeah. We'll fund this podcast. We'll set up the cameras. We'll do everything for you. Make it good. Be funny. We will push this out. Yeah. You know? So I think that's the thing. Like, you got to get, Australia's a little bit behind in that. Well, America, start a podcast straight away. They'd seen what happened to Segura, Joe Rogan, Bert Kreischer, mm -hmm. Ari Shafir, all these people blew yeah, up from yeah. the content game. Diaz, yeah. That's what, another one. Yeah. We need to start doing that in Australia. Definitely. And I think as well, you know, they say video killed the radio star. Mm. Well, social media killed the video star. Yeah. Like legit. Because do I do that, agree with you, TV's dying. Yeah. I work in TV, man. Yeah, Which I, TV show? Do it. Oh man, no, I, I, I'm freelance. a freelancer in film and TV. I've I've done all of it, man. Like yeah. feature films, in studio yeah. stuff with the ABC. Um, I worked on that show Kinney Tonight, which is like a sketch comedy show. But anyway, like, man, what, what I'm trying to say is, is that like I do agree with you. TV's dead, mm -hmm. but you know that doesn't mean that you still won't get paid every time you go of on course, TV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying it's another avenue. I think the only time not people primary one, and it's definitely not necessarily one that like. It is definitely fading for yeah. sure. Probably sports is actually where it's at now for TV. Where but it's probably it's not going to. It's KO, bro. I think yeah. if, if, if someone said go on TV for me, 
I would want to go on TV just so I can get a clip of me on TV and I can put it on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> just start editing it. 100%. All I would do, because yeah. all, all it is is my fans would love that for me. Yeah. It's kind of this, it's, you know what it's like? It's the, it's the same psychology behind a blue tick. Why would I get a blue tick? What's a blue tick? So it's it certified. Certified on Instagram. You're certified. Uh, it's, it's, in, it's really me that's that, running this profile. If you get a blue tick on Instagram, number one, everyone who's supported me up until this point, Love that for me. They go, oh my God, he's got a blue, that's huge. I've never heard of this blue tick thing. Yeah. It's it relatively new, but it's yeah, a thing. Yeah. It is. So like, you know, like if, if like Justin Bieber comments on something and there's a blue tick, that's actually sure Justin name. Bieber. Like that's yeah. actually him. Is it like a little- Well, I mean like his social media manager, yeah. whatever. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's supposed to be like that whole thing. And it, it, it people, um, it's, a, it's, it's a bit cringe that it, that is a thing, but mm. psychology, like if you see someone with a blue tick, Number one, the algorithm will put it at the top of your conversation. Yeah. If someone messages me, um, I don't see it because it just goes into my message mm -hmm. room. If someone with a blue tick messages me, it comes as a message. It's like a it's like a, a prestigious thing to get that blue tick. If I get the blue tick, it's all my followers like, oh, he got the blue tick. It's just a flex. And that's it. If I got on, have you been paying attention? I got that clip. I put on my Instagram. Everyone will be like, I'm so proud of you. It's just a flex. It's, the, it's, yeah. it's good to, to be able to show your followers that you're getting somewhere. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's it. And, and there's a momentum behind it. And then the, these management companies start to have a look like they start to notice you yeah. and shit like that. It's very similar to DJing, man. Like, mm -hmm. you know, right now for me, it's just been snowballing. Like I've had a gig every every weekend, you know? And I'm like, for me, if I'm not gigging every weekend, then I'm like, fuck, I feel like hollow and empty because this is, you know, much like the thrill that you get from being on stage. It's mm -hmm. a similar it's a si similar feeling being a performer, you know? And, yeah. and it's like, when it's good, it's good but you need to constantly do things to, and I don't do, fuck, like maybe I do a 1% a pers of what you do and I'm like, fuck, got to take a page from that book and be like, if you want to be in the limelight, maybe, yeah, you do start to chop up things and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with this podcast is where, you know, we're slowly wanting to get to that point where we do have shorts and stuff and we're like, that is probably how we're going to grow our brand, you know? But rather than, for now, I think I've, our thing has been like, let's actually just get the actual stuff recorded, the full episodes, because yeah. that's, you know, that's where it's, it's good. And, you know, eventually we'll, we'll get to that efficient point where we'll be able to chop our videos up and start, you know, doing TikToks where we get, you know, this like five minute section or two minute section yeah. of you like shitting on Will Smith. Like yeah. that could be a fucking, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's the thing. My friends have a podcast and they have a similar thing. They just get their producer to write down the timestamps. Yeah. Dan says something funny at 11 minutes, 11.5 seconds. Put that down. At the end, when they give it to the editor, he knows exactly where to go and cut the bits out. We got to get ourselves this editor, man. Yeah. <laughs> we do. We do. We're busy but, boys. But it's, it's I would just say that my podcast, it's just me in my room and I can't be fucked doing clips. Yeah. And yeah. also like a solo pod by myself is very hard for me. Like, to a, like the Monday, the Bill Burr style. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. But what do you do? Do you just talk about like- Updates. I push my tickets. What's it called? It's called Trust No Dogs podcast. Listen to that if you. Can you say that in the way for, that you for, would for say the it? Well, they trust, trust no dogs. Fucking dogs. Trust no fucking dogs, bro. It's good. It's gross. I got a thousand views on one of them. Yeah, it's going slow. My friend. The it's, reason why it's I filmed. Started, it's filmed. Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. The reason yeah. why I started. My friend Fergus Neal, who's a great guy, he started a podcast a year ago. Oh, a little over a year ago. Huh? Um, he started it just in his bedroom. He started filming. Blah blah blah. As Australian politics, whatever. He grew, grew, grew. Now he makes money off it. Yeah. It takes one year. So I'm like, fuck it. He's like, he told me, he's like, just start a podcast and just do it every week. And he goes, get a little Patreon going. And in a year, so he makes like 200 bucks a week or a month off it now. Like, Shit, that's great. man. So just a year's worth of every week podcast. Does he do video as well? It's all video. And he writes a monologue 
And it's a 15 minute podcast. You write, read some monologue out, you cut the clips up, put on TikTok. Bada boom, bada boom. Yeah. Easy. Slam bam. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. I just get some cash. We, t- we taking notes yeah. here. Right? We taking mental notes. Hey, man, we've got to keep that bacon rolling in. Yeah. Handy P, that's what That's what it's all about. Got to get them them dollar hairs. Yeah. Got to get that <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I, think that's something, I think that's something a little bit different. Is that Fergie? Is that Fergie? All I can think of, Ferguson, all I can think of was fucking the black yeah. eyed But like, let's, let's roll it back here for a second, right? So, uh, you know, you're, you're 2018 and, you know, you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to be a comedian and shit like that. You start to go do a lot of actual open mics, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, and just like flexing that uh, that muscle. But um, I, you strike me from seeing you that just one time is that you do have this, a bit of this freestyle ability that mm-hmm. you could kind of yeah. crack crack jokes. But um, do you actually sit down and, and this is something I've always wanted to ask comedians is do you actually sit down and just like on pen to paper or your whatever laptop and start sort of fleshing out, like writing the joke or how does that process look like? like I don't how- know. I f- I, everyone's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a very specific writing formula and it works for me. And does it actually like, you actually write it yeah, down? Yeah, yeah, I don't write jokes. So I went to the shops the other day. You don't do slice of life. I just write about a topic. Like I, I write, I'm writing about why, um, why Indians are horny. I was writing this yesterday. Dude. Yeah. Is that the one? Okay, no, no. The, you, the one with the Uber driver? Yeah, that's a, that's a bit. That is fucking. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. I'm trying to fl- I'm trying to make that a, a richer idea. So I'm talking about. So I just write about it. I don't yeah. really have the intention of I'm, I'm comedy writing. I'm just writing things and you write and you, oh, that's kind of similar to that. So like, what's, oh, that's funny. That's like a, a jump. And you yeah. just find these points of movement in it. And then I take this idea and for me, the way I, I, I talk funny. So I just mm. take that to an open mic and I'll just rant about it and I'll find movement. I'm like, that's funny there. And then, and then I, you listen to, you record everything on your voice memos. Yeah. And then you take that home and that's like working on your act. So you're like, okay, that was funny. And then you realize that there's an old joke that is a perfect closer for that chunk and all that kind of shit, right? Mm. So you, you, you chunk, you're basically, that's how I write it. And I do this thing, another thing. Once I have a bit figured out, um, it could be whatever. Once I have it figured out, I do it 10 times and I don't listen to that bit 10 times. So I take it in 10 different environments. Mm. So I did an open mic with five people, uh, a good gig with 50 people, uh, people with three people where some guy heckled me and I had a riff that was funny. And then I sit back at the end of the 10 days. I listen to each single version because naturally I haven't heard it. So I haven't had a reference. But so I've said it 10 mm. different, different and I make, get all the good bits. I can make a master version. Yeah. And then I take that and I start gigging with that. Yeah. So I just it's just sort of breaking it down and boiling it back. Yeah. A lot yeah. of like stripping the joke back, cutting out the fat. So, yeah. You know? fat. It's yeah. science, man. It's experimentation. <laughs> Literally, it's trial and error. Yeah. But yeah. like the, the other thing that fascinates me as well is that like through that process, you sort of start to get the pacing. Because I find that that's, that's such p- pace a and, pace and delivery, right? Pace and delivery, like yeah. how you get the punchlines across. And you know what I mean? You've got the audience right there. You know what I mean? Because sometimes like you listen to a comedian and you're like, where are the fucking going with this? Yeah. Like you just, but then when that punchline hits, you're like, oh my God, that is, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, you had that yeah. light bulb moment. Mm. And I'd, I'd love, and again, that's the genius of comedy. Really. Some people I know, like my friend Fergus, I brought him up before. He just sits there and writes jokes. Like he'll be like, you ever noticed this? Or what that happened? He writes joke, 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 joke. Like I don't wow. know how to do it's that. It's like you might, you might have to have this like great ability to imagine like the crowd laughing. It's like, oh, is that gonna, how that's going to land? Yeah. You know? I mean, that's a that's a skill. You know what I mean? 
Um, I can't, for me, the equivalent of that is like programming a DJ set and going, and this is something I think I'm pretty good at is, uh, first off, like knowing if a track is like a fucking a bomb straight away. And it's a very, it, like, it takes me about 10 seconds mm. to decide if this track is good or not when I'm sifting through music I'm purchasing. It was like, you know, it goes through the yay or nay. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nah, shit. Ugh, mediocre could be a filler, mm. you know, and then you put the pro uh, the programming together of a set mm. and you're kind of going, all right, I want to start here. You know, this is the opening track. It's, this is going to create this kind of experience. Mm. And then this is kind of where I'm going to go, but everything in between is a bit of an open format. I don't know where I'm going to go. Sometimes it's curated, but yeah. you sort of almost, for me, I kind of know exactly how I want this dance floor to go. And if you've got an hour slot at a, at a big music festival, then you probably want to like plan it pretty well mm. because you only have an hour to go. But, you know, like just recently I played at a festival at Dragon Dreaming and it was like, man, I was doing a lot of the sort of project management behind the scenes to manage all three stages with the guy that booked the lineup. And I was like, fuck man, it's the night before I lost my phone. You know, listen to this, I don't have, I have any time to work on my set. Mm. Look, this is my opening track. It's a bit of a Middle Eastern thing and this is going to be, the ending is also another Middle Eastern sort of influence. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen in between. Yeah. And then it's, you know, that's great, but it's a, it's a similar, I guess, process to, you know, if you're writing that joke. And I, I feel like sometimes the magic happens with any creative field is that has a positive feedback loop with a, yeah. with a crowd and an audience is when, when you kind of do leave it sort of open format, mm. you know, like I had this, uh, fuck man, I had this like sick experience. So, there was a live music stage there. I don't know if I told you this, bro. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just like, for me, this was just like fucking, you know. So so just to give you context, man, I do like, I mean, we both rap, mm. you know, like when we were fucking. I, I wouldn't call myself a nah, rapper. But like, you, <laughs> I, 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 free, I freestyle back. Well, you know, Blaney. Tommy when I'm cooked on the dance floor. Yeah, Blaney, Blaney, I'll tell you what, Blaney can freestyle. You freestyle better than I do. I just choke all the time, you know. I'm true, like, I'm like I, I got the voice, which is good, but, but I'll just generally will write. Like I'm really good at writing lyrics and stuff like mm. that and going, I want to write about, you know, fucking anxiety, whatever it is. I'm like, you know, write about Palestine, you know, and like write some, you know, politically heated mm. shit. Anyways, so on stage, uh, I'm managing the live music stage, right? And uh, there's a 30 minute sometimes changeover when it's, a, when it's a stage that doesn't have the capabilities of like switching two drum kits and yeah. stuff like that. And we have risers and things. And so it's a quick operation. We've got to change two eight piece bands, you know? So generally when I've helped it out at uh, other st festivals and shit, you'd have a DJ or even, uh, you know, just a fuck kid, have a stand up comedian just going in that 30 minute block, just entertaining people in the crowd to keep them there and engaged so that they don't walk away to wherever they're going to another stage so that the next band doesn't have to start with yeah. an empty dance floor and then they have to build it back up. So I go up on stage and I was like, you know, it's like talking to the microphone. Hey, everybody, how you doing? You know, like this, like just hosting. Like an MC for the stage. Yeah, yeah. I was just, you know, I do that a lot. And then I was just like, hey, guys, can I do a spoken word? And then it's like, cool. Fucking do one of my, you know, pre writtens and stuff like that. Fucking, it lands well. And I know it lands well because it's like I've done this, this yeah. one so many times that it's like, it's sick. And then I'm just like, kind of like scratching my head going, fuck, I wish I'd have done that with a beat. I wish I had a beat to that. And as I was saying that the drummer from the previous band is about to, he walks in and he's about to take his cymbals off and he goes, do you want a beat? And I was like, sure. What? If you're ready to lay it down, brother. Man. Yeah. yeah. So he I'll starts, you know, he starts giving me a fat boom bap beat. 
And then I start, you know, I start spitting bars and shit. And then the fucking keyboardist comes up and the fucking bass guitarist comes up and the fucking three piece horn section comes up. And before you know it, I'm like fucking with this eight piece funk band and it's just fucking magic. And I'm starting to rap rap. And then I run out of fucking lyrics, like my own stuff. Like again, I can't freestyle. So I was like, fuck, what do you know? What do you know that you can cover really well? It's like public enemy, bring the noise. <laughs> no, I've done that to you. I've done that to you. Picnic electronic. So good. Bass, how low can you go? Uh, man. It's like this moment in time, you know, where it's like those golden moments where you just, it's on, uh, I'm tooting my own horn here. I know I'm fucking shameless. Yeah, there's a, bit, a lot of dick sucking going yeah, yeah, on yeah, in this yeah, corner, but sucking. I love that. I yeah, love it. You know. it's, it's, it's very <laughs> but nice you should be proud hear. of your achievements. No, but I'm just saying like, for me, that was just magic. And I can imagine someone like you doing that on stage yeah. is just, you know, fucking unbelievable when you have those one moments where everything is just right. 100%. You know? But, but I also think it's one of those things, as you were saying, like building on that, that like in the creative field, you're constantly pruning. Mm. And it's that, it's, it's that, and that's what I would refer to as the struggle because that's unpaid hours mm. of work mm. that, that, that artists put into trying to get to the point where they can get paid for that. Well, here's, here's, I got a, I got a Which question. Is, that's the struggle. I got a question for you, Dan. Like, all right, so let's say I'm, I can imagine you have those a lot of those moments, but some of your material is, is sort of freestyle. Do you, you said earlier, you know, if you bomb, you bomb, but do you chase that sometimes, that magic moment if you're doing it, some sort of that I moment where it's like freestyle? Or, no, that's not I, it. I, I, you know that, you know, you, probably, you guys know this in music. You know when you're just like in the fucking flow state? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, everything you're doing is mad if you're playing a bass or if you're like, I haven't fucking missed any notes or you yeah, know, yeah, you're yeah. rapping, you're like, I'm just in it. You know what I mean? Or if you're yeah. mixing, especially like everything's just like coming out of me and you're just like, I close my eyes and you see colors. I look. Yeah, it's anesthesia. Very much that on stage for me. Yeah. When I'm just in it and you're yeah. just going, you know your material, but you're on you the way yeah. a little bit and you just, well, that is. That's all I want to do. That's that feeling in that euphoria. Yeah. That's why well, you why you do it. Yeah. And that's when an audience is good and you're in the flow set and you've eaten well and you're not too heavy and you're, yeah. And nobody wants the glassier at the front of the the shelf. Yeah. Well, sometimes you can get it in that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love that and I think um, that's the benefit of doing good gigs. When you do a good yeah. gig and there's like fifty people and everyone's in a good mood, and everyone's paid entry and they're like, I want to see comedy. That mm -hmm. is so easy. Like I, the comedy festival that was doing one of our shows. And I was in that moment and it was beautiful. And in that moment, some guy heckled me. I looked up and it was a, I wish I filmed, if I filmed this, it would blow up on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy looked at me, he looked like Jim Carrey. Yeah, so yeah, I said, yeah. shut the fuck up. Can't you look like Jim Carrey if you did heroin. Big laugh. <laughs> and it just came to me, like it floated. I saw it come into my subconscious. I was like, this is, this is going to cry. Yeah. And I said, yeah, Ice Ventura. <laughs> and then, and then everyone, was, everyone was screaming and then I was like, oh, there's another one. I was like, oh, yeah, meth detective. Yeah, yeah. And it just crushed. I said, you're a meth detective. And it, it crushed so hard. Everyone was in shock. And then I continued the set and I finished so strong. And everyone came to me like, that was that was the best moment. And I'm thinking, that magical shit. Yeah, yeah. That's why you need to film your sets. Yeah. Because I cannot, if I go, no, that's a joke. I can go like, hey, man, you look like, you can't say it the same way. The yeah, first, yeah, yeah. The first time it happened was the pure form. Yeah. Like yeah. even like, it's kind of funny now, but it's not, it's just not the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In that moment, I was like sweating and I was, I was reacting to it because I was saying it for the first time, I was like, fuck, this is so stupid. Yeah. yeah. And that, that movement and that energy is the, the be all and end all of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always say like good comedy, you don't get, you don't get to choose what you're allergic to. Yeah. And you don't get to choose what makes you laugh. 
Yeah. Like if a good comedian says something, you're like, oh, even if it's about something fucked. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, so you don't get to choose. It's a physical reaction. It's like allergic. Mm-hmm. You don't get to like rub something on your leg and be like, I don't like that. It's like you just get allergic. You don't have a choice. Yeah. yeah so yeah. When, like a sneeze. It's like a squeeze. A squeeze. It's like a squeeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a squeeze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, mm-hmm. in that moment where you described your your you you spitting and those boys coming. That thing was like them interpreting and reacting to you. Yeah. You know, and then he's laying down calls, there's a beat going on, and you're reacting to them. And that is the most magical thing. Yeah. The beauty yeah. of collaboration. And, and, and like, so. in, for me in that moment, you know, I've never really been in a band or anything like that. I've always like grown up watching, you know, like obviously like rappers and like l- listening to metal and stuff and going, fuck, there's something about that that I feel like I want to do. I want to be in an environment, like for me anyways, you know, in the same way that you would be like, I want to be a, a stand-up comedian. You just like know... You just know that you're an entertainer and you want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and when you actually get to experience that, it's just like, fuck, I'm not going to go fucking clean toilets. Yeah, I can't work now. It's fucked me up. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to go back. Fat, but the second I got paid for duck fat, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm making money I can get for paid this. for this shit? Yeah. Shit, man. It's very gratifying. Because <laughs> I went to uni and shit, you know? Yeah, what yeah. did you? What was what was your trajectory in life like before you decided that you were going to be a comedian? So my m- mum has six siblings, all girls except for one boy, Uncle Cyrus. Can, can I ask? Are they in, are you Indian on both sides? Anglo Indian on both sides. Anglo Indian. So that means Br- British Indian. Is that, is that English people invaded India? And okay, so you don't speak Hindi, but yeah, yeah. very Indian traditionally. And um, my everyone in the family is a nurse, yeah, except for my uncle who became very successful. He's super rich now. Yeah, and there was this sort of perceived expectation because I'm the only boy in my family. Mm. Eight cousins, all girls, two sisters. Yeah. So I'm like the only boy. So there was like, the, they sent me the same high school as him. I yeah. went to RMIT, same uni as him. Yeah. And there was this sort of subconscious pressure put on everyone to be exactly like him. Okay. And I remember looking at him and sort of being like, I don't know if I want to do that, you know? So then- Is this kind of like the- um uh, and again, you know, I bring this back to the, the Indian thing because the Indians and Arabs are very quite similar in the family dynamic of, I think Indians may be more of this, like you have to succeed, you know, you have yes. to be, you know you what I mean? You have to be a lawyer. That's you have to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever it is, you know. Like, and I did marketing at uni. So marketing is a very affluent job industry and you can get a good job as a, yeah. as a marketing something. And it's it hollow though. Yeah. Yeah, it's hollow. Yeah, And I didn't, I knew that. And I, mm. my mom, at the end of my uni degree, my mom was like, apply for Clemenger. Clemenger is a big marketing company. BBDO. Yeah, you know Clemenger. They have an internship program and it's very well paid. I got to I got to say the irony in all this is you become really good at marketing yourself. It's <laughs> you actually helpful what I learned. Yeah, like yeah. She said go into Clemenger that's it. And I I never lied to my mom. I lied to my mom and said, "Oh yeah, I applied." <laughs> and then I just went to Doofs and just started partying <laughs> and procrastinating and the whole time I felt such anxiety. I'm supposed to get a job after uni. I'm supposed to get a job. Mm. Anyway, party, party, party for two years. Went to Europe. Realized I want to be a comedian. Started doing comedy. She was like, you want to do comedy now? I'm like, yeah. Started doing open mics for no money. Yeah. Did that for three years. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Then I started doing content. Yeah. Content about the doofs. Yeah. Took off. Then I make money from that now. And my housemate who works for Clemenger makes 40 grand and I make 60 grand. Yeah. So it's a weird And that's just a, that's just the beginning. Like if you exactly. keep if you keep pushing and pushing and get sides of the agency, you you know, you you're gonna sort it. Sorted. Yeah. That's the thing. This is the thing, it's like the thing that caused me the most anxiety was 
me procrastinating with this doof shit, which turned into the inspiration that is my art now. Yeah. And it's like a sort of a rounded thing. Like even though it was a beat off the beaten path, yeah. trusting your instincts creatively is always more naturally sufficient than following mm-hmm. the, 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 secure, the secure path, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that was the thing. Like my mom's so proud of me now. She saw me perform for the first time on Tuesday last week. Oh, no way. Dude, first time it's taken that so, long. I didn't want it to see me fucking uh, perform. Were you nervous? <laughs> yeah. I was not nervous at all. I don't get nervous on stage. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's like, you know. You get you before, say, you before get you jump that, on, right? Nothing. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, it's like one of those things, like as you say, when you are in that Zen flow state and you're on stage, like, yeah, and it's just like, it's a happy place. It's a good yeah. place to be. But man, I'll tell you something interesting as well. So I worked on series four of Hard Quiz, you know, oh, really? show with Tom yeah. Gleason. I went and saw it live that. Yeah, yeah. So Tom Gleason, we did, we had like a, um, you know, end of season kind of like work drinks mm. um, up on the one of the balconies in the New South Bank, um, ABC area or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like, I'll, ne- I'll never forget this, like, because Tom Gleason could have been a scientist. Right, but he was just like, comedy pays better, and I have way more fun day to day doing this than if I was like being a scientist. Do you know what I mean? Like he's got a full science degree. He's a super switched on guy, like yeah, yeah. really, really intelligent. Yeah, but he was just like, I have so much fun in comedy, and I make I make way more money. Do you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. and his whole thing was. That, um, you know, he even told a joke when he got up there because he's actually just generally a pretty nice guy. Yeah. But he got up there and he's just like, guys, um, I can't believe that thanks to all of you, I get to um, be an asshole <laughs> and, get, and get paid for it on camera. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. just explore, like, you know. Um, but, you know, he, you know, he was just, and even that was like a joke within a joke yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But like, he was just like serious. He's like, you know, um, we can't do this show without you guys. And like, you know, yeah. it was a nice moment. Yeah. Like it was a nice moment. I, that's the thing. I love the way he talked about that because that's another thing I have. I take issue with comedy and I take issue with artists mm, because mm. artists always go, yeah, you know what it's like to be an artist. It's so hard. Like I've never spoken about myself like that. Yeah. I, yeah when yeah. people ask me, I'm like, no, I'm going to be like the biggest comic. I'm going to be super successful. I'm already crashing. I, I talk like this and fucking, look, I was talking about this when I started. I was doing open mics five days a week with no yeah. money, being broke, eating fucking, I was stealing shit from Coles to eat. Yeah, because yeah. I was so, and I'd still be like, "No, nah, I'm gonna be the biggest comic player. Let's watch me." And now it's like sort of the wheels are in motion. Yeah, and yeah. I ought to talk like that. Like you should, as an artist, you should talk like that. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're an artist. Yeah, because there is no security. So make your fucking mind the the, the basis of security. Yeah, yeah. You know? And hearing him say like, "Oh, you know, it's better money." At the start, there's no reason why you think you get money, but I always thought there was, and now I'm yeah. making money. And people always come like my mates, like some of my good mates, come to me like, "Fuck, comedy's so hard. There's no money." I'm like. For you, <laughs> like yeah, you yeah. Talk yeah. differently about your life, right? Yeah, well, don't it's don't funny. adopt uh, negative language. Adopt if you're not going to adopt positive, you don't have the capacity to do it. I was listening to this podcast where this guy trains a lot of athletes and military soldiers, but it's like if you can't adopt uh, positive language, then just adopt neutral language at least. You know, don't speak. You know, don't say things about yourself that can become like self-actuating or like a self-actuating prophecy or something like that. But you saying, "I'm going to be fucking top dog." That is a good, you know, that's a good mindset to have always. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I can I could kind of relate to that as well in, in a sense where I like, I, my first deal for Strawberry 210, I was just coming there as a rubbish, like doing rubbish mm-hmm. collection, but I was still DJing. I was DJing in the Middle East and like, you know, I went there and then the next year, like I went to the next Strawberry and I was just like, I told one of my mates, Fabrice, who was also a DJ and producer. And I was like, bro, I'm going to be on that stage next year. You know, I'm going to be on main stage next year. 
And then the next year it was like two years in a row being on main stage. Yeah, you man. know what I mean? And, and that was from rubbish collecting, yeah. you know? And then it was just like, fuck, I'm going to be on a rainbow lineup. I'm going to be this. And it's kind of like what I'm experiencing right now is like, you know, you start to really tell yourself, this is where we're going to go. And if you don't tell that to yourself, I think in any fucking field, doesn't matter if you're an artist or that, mm. if you don't have that mentality, then you're just not, not it's not going to come to you. Yeah. You know? It's not because you're, you're, you're prohibiting your ability to do things. Yeah. Like if you, if you say like, I don't fucking know. Can't think of an example, but like, it doesn't even have to be like a big grand career thing. It could be little subconscious things. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we're not going to hang out later. You know, I don't have enough time. It's like, no, you probably could. Yeah. Like little things like that, your brain will figure, it's like a puzzle all the time. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if I say like, yeah, I'll be the biggest comic in Australia, easy. It's like, like another thing, like my mom used to tell me all this shit, yeah? She used to be like, when you're manifesting, because mm. everyone, I do that shit. Yeah. She's like, don't manifest money. And don't be like, oh, when you when you need money, don't be like, I need money. That's not you're you're gonna manifest. I need money. Yeah, you manifest just how easy life is. Everything everything works out mm. for me. Every, bro, everything is. Do you go? I'll manifest experience. Yeah, fucking oath. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do believe we create our own destinies and stuff like that. Hundred percent, yeah. man. There's something interesting that um I wanted to you sort of started talking about, mm-hmm. which is the fact that you started exploring a new comedy angle that not many people had done before, and that's like looking at the doof scene. Yeah, yeah, that you is. You know what I mean? Was the but the one. reason why I wanted to say that is because I think that really resonates a lot with this kind of show as well. Mm-hmm. Because I know a big reason why my boy Waffles over here really wanted to start something like this is because the Australian dual scene is so vibrant. There's so many like participants. There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of artists, no yeah. one's documenting it or talking about it yeah. in like a, a way where yeah. like, you know, we can sort of give people access or like a window into like, just how much actually goes into like yeah, yeah. making these massive things. But like for you, you know what I mean? Like you sort of came well, in uh, with that like- It was an accident, but- Yeah, because that's the first video of yours I ever saw. And I was just like, holy shit, man. Like yeah. dad, and I've got to say as well, like shout out to my homegirl, Demi. She's a massive fan of oh, yours. Really? And it's interesting as well because she was like, why doesn't he do Fatima at the Dolph anymore? Okay. Like, Fatima was my favorite. But then now we know. I tried to stab bro. You, t- you, you, tell me, you tell me where those guys are. I'm going to bring my Arab mates and we're going to have like a fucking. Oh, we're going to have a Syrian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do. I was told by my Arab heavies that don't fuck around. They're like, yeah. we can't help you with this shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, why, why don't I just like, okay, wait, wait. This is a business. Like if, I, if something, like my, my, the best way that I can continue, I see oh. like, I'm a business, right? The best way I can continue doing business is to make sure that danger does not happen. So yeah. I got to just drop it. And I can change the name. I can still use the joke. It was like Halima. I'm like, oh, Halima is one of the daughters. I can still girl, girls at Bush Doofs. I just can't write the name Fatima. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, bro, there's like Mariam, Mariam at the Doof. I've fucking... I've tried to fight this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard though, man, because like, and this is the thing about like religious zeal when it can be like really hectic. You know what I mean? When people can, yeah. Yeah. That people are really serious about that stuff. I mean, you've only got to look at like what's going on. I guess it is because you, you are. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm a cartoon guy. Like, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. in my life is la 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 funny. La, la, yeah. I don't do serious. So when someone came up to me, I was like, what Whoa. the fuck? Are you? I thought he was joking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Physical <laughs> danger as well. Like, Terrifying. just like, oi. Yeah. No, nah, I'm the they, 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 so they were watching me from afar at the party, waiting for me to be alone. So no. no one could see. It was terrifying, bro. Whoa. But yeah. To bring it back to what you were saying before, the Fatima thing, I was doing TikToks about like what things your mum say, top 10 white people say to Indians, yeah. all this shit. Yeah. And then I gave up because I couldn't blow up. I was like, I can't, my friends are all blowing up. I couldn't do it. 
And I was like, I'll just make one more TikTok and I'm quitting. And it was uh, this, my friend Martina, I just call her Fatima, will go to a bush tour. And I just filmed it in my mom's backyard because she's got a property. And it was the one. And it just, whoo, and yeah, everyone yeah. was like, what's next? I was like, oh, Mehmet. So, yeah, yeah. Did they tell you shit on Mehmet, Mehmet as well? <laughs> yeah. but like, like cruising the dance floor for gear. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just yeah, so funny, shit, man. All of that shit. When I, when I did it, I didn't know what I was doing until I did it. And the response, I was like, there's no one doing doof shit. And it's, it, there's what, you go to, okay, there's like what, five, like, let's just talk about the little ones going on, like Dragon Dreaming and SO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, it was like Rainbow, Strawberry, Pitch, and all these, these are like not little festivals. Everyone I know goes. Yeah. Everyone yeah. from my high school goes. Every, these are huge festivals, 40,000 people. If we're counting all four of them, it's like 80,000 people all up. Yeah. And no one's talking about this. So I was like, shit. Mm, so I just started nah, doing exa- it. Yeah. And it just boom, 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 boom. Every doof video, just started taking it off. I was like, oh, I'm the only one. Yeah. And I've seen cunts do it now, but no one's doing it like me, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like even Inspired Unemployed, if you look at yeah. them as like a version of like, but they've even done their own kind yeah. of, ver- and like when they started doing like stuff per city, yeah. you know, like they've got like a um, going into Revolver in Melbourne yes. video and I'm just yeah. like, fuck man, it's actually so accurate. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. sometimes it's obviously like blown up mm-hmm. and it's really caricature, yeah, but yeah, yeah. man, it's pretty funny sometimes. Yeah, as I well. just don't, like it's, a, people say choose a niche, but I've realized that that shouldn't be my niche anymore. Yeah, and I think uh, the thing that really take from it was me going to festivals, not taking drugs, and observing, and, then, and observing, and then me going to festivals and taking drugs. Like I went to SO and took a lot of drugs, mm. and didn't have a fun time. It was a beautiful experience, but there was something about it. I was just like, this isn't me anymore. Like I'm, yeah. I'm doing something else now. Yeah, and I do on. I don't talk about it on stage either. I don't the talk the about drug drugs. use. I don't talk about dwarfs or anything. Yeah. So well, I, it's yeah. just not something that the majority will get. Yeah. And yeah. It's not it's not only that I could talk about, it. just that's not what's interesting to me. Yeah. I overdoves years before I started talking about them in TikToks. I just have all this banked up information. So yeah. all the videos I was like, I don't really like this thing. I don't really party anymore, you know? This is kind of like the same thing when you were asking me earlier about the painting there. Yeah. And it's just like my mate's just not into it anymore. Yeah. You know, and if that's it's your artistic expression is if I come up with a funny video, like the other day I came up with a funny video, like I was like and the vape stuff, that's all like uh, that was that's a real thing. But the fucking the one that I, I liked was um, I was like, it didn't do very well, but it was me dancing, and that song flown and shake which mama gave you. I was like, oh, I like shake which mama gave you. And I hold up a sign that says childhood trauma. Like, that's funny. <laughs> that's a doof thing, but it's not like not what my heart is. If I were to talk about what my heart is, I realized that I got to start hitting the Indian market. Yeah, that's my next thing. All my TikToks are going to be slowly directed at ethnic inner city, yeah, like, outer suburbs. Well, th- that's that's the one thing cool. that uh, that it's like when I saw you the first time, I um. I was vibing with that. And there was something about you that I was just like, this guy's good. And you know, like a lot of people tried to do the accents thing. And like, if you know Bahrainis, we fucking all do accents. Like if yeah. you just hang out with my brothers, yeah. it'd be like, they'll be like, we can tell you the different shades of Indian. Yeah. You know, like there is a very sophisticated type of yes. Indian. And then there is that, but yeah, I don't, you know, like yeah. very like fucking like rough village yes. Indian, yes. which my, you know, my, I have an Indian driver back home and it's like, that's the kind of thing. And yeah. like we, you know, we treat him with respect, obviously, but it is kind of comedic, like of course, material. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and so I hate the way that they they don't let you do those voices, like it's so stupid. Yeah, yeah, I was, I man. Like even my my fucking I, I don't want to say someone uh, ex wife <clears throat> was like, you can't say that. I'm like, why? But I'm good at it. I'm like, you know, it's like, oh, just because you grew up in a place where there's more Indians than Bahrainis doesn't give you the right to do it. But I'm like. 
Yeah, but like, have you ever seen me hang out with Indians? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's all they love. Like they, they, all they love, you know. Any ethnic community, the number one thing they they like to laugh at is race based humor. Yeah, it's just it because it's not race humor. It's just humor. It's not. It's not racist. It's just like yeah, you're highlighting the funny things in our culture, and they and they know like you know, like going to a shop and like you know. Uh, in Bahrain, it's like it's run by a bunch of Indians, like Humo Moss, you know, like Hugo Boss. And it's like, that shit's fucking funny. Or like another shop, it's like porn fashion. This is in Bahrain, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. fuck, that's fucking hilarious, yeah. you know. Shit like that makes me gag. But uh, I lived with like two Indian guys from Bombay and Pune. And it's just like, all we used to tell each other is, ha, huh, Gandu, Gandu. Like, and then we had all the, 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 you know, the Caucasian housemates, like the England, Ireland, and we got them to do it. And, you know, for those that don't know, Gandu means like bastard. It's one of the, you know, the, the swear words that you say. And it was just like, actually became a term of endearment. So it'd be like a white guy would come in into the house and be like, ha, Gandu. And he'd be like, we tell Akash, you know, it's like, ha, Gandu, ha, Chotia, you know, it's like idiot in Indian or like, and then we just all start just swearing at each other in, yeah, in Hindi, yeah, yeah. you know? And it's just like, yeah, it's fucking funny. In the same way that I'm like, man, if someone started doing an Arab ac accent and like heaps of my friends always like, oh, how's goat herding going? You know, or how many camels have you fucked this week or whatever? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know? And then I started playing it off as like, you know, like every time I meet a girl, I'll be like, oh, you know, my pickup line's like, like magic carpet ride, you know? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's yeah. funny. I feel like the only people who get really offended at race at white people. At white people. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> in my experience, I've never been, yeah. never been heckled by some Arab guy. I've never been told off by an Asian. Yeah. Only people who've told me off are an Asian. Jokes. It's like oh, you, I always say, used to say, there's an irony. The oppressor that, so. cannot be the oppressed. I used to have this joke about it. I, it's a fucked up joke. I'll sort of say it for years. I don't do it on stage anymore because it kept bombing, but it's pretty funny. It's like I used <laughs> I'm to, laughing already. I've been trying to, I've been trying to offend white people my whole life. I can't do it. The only way to offend white people is you got to say some shit about Asians. That's like the chink in their armor. <laughs> it's true, man. It's like that's the only so way. I was wondering where so he was going with that. that. <laughs> that's the that's the only way. They don't care if you shit on white people. They love it. They're like, yeah, we did yeah. so much bad stuff. We did. You talk about Indian people. Like, oh. I go, all right, I'm Indian. I just look like a Puerto Rican Russell Brand. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you and your mates decided that, or is that you generating that's that? I did once. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. The Puerto Rican yeah. Russell. <laughs> yeah, so I look like Russell Brand if you got it from Aldi's. You know, Russell Home Brand. That's the. You know, so, man, the, so wall, the Walmart the version. Like the fucking Walmart version. Yeah, you know. But that's the thing. Like oh, the only people, fuck. the only people who get cut in thing is white people, and it's not just white people. It's inner city white people. Yeah, yes. and those uh, woke. The, yeah, not even work. Huh? Not even work. It's just inner city white people have this notion that they're trying to protect me, and that's the, the another thing to do with the comedy festival. To to break in the comedy festival, you can't be a hey going bro, what's going on? They they will not book you. They want you to be like hey guys. So um, they want a brown guy who talks like this. And so really? I shops today, and I did this. That's what they love, and that's why I love the fact that I'm getting a bit of circulation because I don't have that cadence. No, no, you don't. You know, I just have this sort of sort of different thing. You just like switch from wog to like the, the sort yeah. of the thick accent. To no, I just, just, I'm just, just me. I just, yeah. And I think that um, like the other night I did a gig. At the it's festival. refreshing. Man, let's, let's yeah. talk about that as well though. Cause you've got, you've just finished a show, haven't you? Yeah. yeah like Attack on TikTok or something? Is no, um, almost TikTok. Almost TikTok famous. famous. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. So that was my show. Me and my friend Casey and Fergus, we did a split. So three way, we do 15 minutes each. Sold tickets. It was all sold out. It was great. That's sick. But I got booked for the festival club. Yeah. So the Melbourne Comedy Festival runs for a full month and every single night of the week they have the festival club it runs on. And it's pretty hard to get on. They, they handpick who gets on. I applied and I got on, right? Mm -mm. And on the lineup, it was me, 
Um, and there was just a bunch of acts and I was like second last. And um, it was great. There was a lot of great acts on. There was like a musical act, a lot of, mm. there was a trans act. There was a couple of gay people, a couple of good. And they make trans jokes as well. Of course. Yeah. And it's a very like progressive, nice little comedy scene. Hi guys. So, yeah. And I just, when I was sitting in the back, I remember thinking, it's not that they're all white because they're not all white. It's not that they're all gay because they're not all gay, but they all have this sort of tone. Mm. The comedy festival has a tone. Australian comedy has a tone. Mm. And it's, they, obviously it's curated because they choose who's on this lineup. Mm. And that tone is very, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's very like, hey guys, so um, you ever do this? And I was doing this the other day and it's good. And they, everyone's doing well and stuff. Sounds like Valley Girls. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And then I go on. And I just went on and like, what just, the fuck is that? It wasn't <laughs> even like that. It was just like, bro, what the fuck? I'm, I'm, I get angry on stage because that's how I am. I'm angry. I'm yelling. And I slaughtered. Yeah. And I, afterwards, um, I was flying because I'm like, now's a good time to sell some fucking tickets, right? So I got mm-hmm. in the front, I was flying, and there was about 10 Indians who were in the audience. And they came out and they were just like, bro, what the fuck? This is amazing. Like, we don't see like stuff like you in Melbourne. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was like, oh, because the comedy scene in Australia, speaks to inner city people. Yeah. With the same mm. views. And then there's the outer suburb people who come to the festival and, have all, and mm. they don't get spoken to. The tourists, yeah. They don't get spoken mm. to. Yeah. And then they saw me and they were like, what? And I, that's why I clicked. I'm like, I'm speaking for my upbringing. Outer suburbs, ethnic people. I'm not a fucking crazy, I'll say fucking anything. Yeah. yeah Bloody yeah. trans, but no, I'm not like that at all. But I'm just talking about shit. I have this line about how the people who bullied me in high school were Yobbo and now everyone's fucking woke. Yeah. Did you forget you were calling me Apu 15 years ago, bro? That's a big point. And it's slaughtered. Is that actually a thing? That's a real that, thing. That's yeah. based in reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. And then people, and these Indian people are like, bro, brutal, man. That's the people who, who in the comedy come up to me. They were like, that's so true. And no one talks about that because people like you don't get far in the comedy scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why it's like. It sounds like a subtle racism. It's definitely. Yeah, it's, fucking, it's 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 a lot it's of still racism. going, huh? Even on that sort of institutional level yeah. of, of. Well, they book diversity acts. But who's diverse? Who's but that's virtue signaling, right? Exactly. And they only yeah. book the people who go, hi guys, so what's going on? Um, it's a it's an ethnic woman who's really submerged on the politics and she makes yeah. quippy political political jokes. It's like, they're not going to book the fucking, yeah, bro, so I was on the fucking train and like, they don't book that guy. Yeah. There yeah. aren't many of those guys because they don't like Australian comedy. They like Chappelle. They like New York. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Where so, that's charged. Yeah. You know, and also they don't have any fucking role models. When was the last comedian who was a big walk cunt? Nick Giannopoulos? Mm. in the 90s who hasn't done comedy for what 25 years you know what I mean mm. there's no role model for ethnic people in the comedy scenes of Australia yeah, yeah. unless there's role model for brown kids who want to be like the white guy yeah there's so many big comedians like there's I know Dilruk Jayasana and um, Nazim Hussain who are huge uh, one's um, Sri Lankan and one's I forget where he's from I think he's Indian but he's like Muslim or whatever they're great and they speak to so many people but I've sort of slow, slowly seen them become like Oh, they're like the Muslim comedians for the white people, or the ethnic mm. people for the white people. You know what I mean? And like my like ethnic fans, whatever they come to be like, bro, you're talking to us, and they're also from a previous generation. It's like you're the guy who's taking the people who were born in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's a, that's the new thing I'm gonna do. That's what I was saying before. My TikToks and stuff are gonna slowly start targeting towards different. Yeah, today. yeah. Because I've got this thing where I'm the only guy yelling. I'm getting angry and I'm fucking. I feel like I'm, you know doing something a bit different and I think that that's more important. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's my new thing. Fuck yeah, man. You know. One of my funny, speaking about Dilruk, I reckon him dressed up as Trump. Yeah. One time we were doing this skit for um, 
uh, the weekly, you know, with Charlie Pickering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and like it was about the Trump Russia thing. Um, you know how like the fudging the campaign yeah. or whatever. But yeah, Dilrook in the Trump wig, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck, Dilrook's the best man. Yeah. He's an angel. Yeah, yeah. I gotta once, check these guys out. Once I was walking, I was crying over a girl, sobbing in lockdown. I was walking through Fitzroy Gardens. I was sobbing in the park, and Dilrook. We've done a couple of gigs together. We're, we're friends, but not that close. He bumped into me. And he was, he was busy. He's like, I got shit to do. But he sat me down for like an hour and just gave me like a big pep talk. We yeah. spoke about it. He was, he's an angel. I love Dilruk. Shout out to Dilruk <laughs> if you're watching this. Big shout out, man. Yeah. He's a king. He's a king. Nice, man. Fuck yeah, man. Nice. I'm glad you think that. But man, I find that so fascinating. Um, and I think that there's definitely something to be said about the fact that we've now reached a point where we've realized that there's a type of content that's oversaturated in the market. People are bored of it. There's a whole broader spectrum of people that need to be spoken to. Mm. But the really hard thing is, is doing that in a way that doesn't become tokenistic. And it's, it's, it's a challenge, man. It's a real challenge. Maybe that's right what, now. maybe that's why, like one of the reasons why maybe like Russell Brand's sort of star kind of faded, but I, I mean, I'm sure he's still fucking gigging and touring and do all that. But no, he doesn't he, do gigs anymore. Really? He just has his own tours. Yeah, he that's probably makes enough money anyways from them, you know. And that's the thing. I, I, my my way of doing comedy is always like, I will gig every night. I don't. Want, I just don't want to be home. Don't want to do anything. A lot of comedians get to a point where they don't have to gig every night, mm. and when they want to do a solo, they can do their show. I'm not really interested. In do, I just like gigging. I, Chappelle's like that. Chappelle's like, I just gig. I do club shows. I do. There's nothing on. I've gone to my Instagram and be like, Hey, who's got a bar? I got a mic. I can rock up and people are like, Yeah, come to my bar. I rock up and just do a gig. Yeah. I just want to perform every day. And that's how I write. That's how I get shit off my. That's how it's therapeutic. I haven't missed a day in a long time. Yeah, fuck I just yeah. do gigs every day. That's all I do. Um, I know that a lot of in the Australian comedy circuit. Anyway, you get to a point where you're good and you're big and you're like 35. And you're like, all right, do you want to do radio? And they stop gigging. Yeah. Or you just sort of phase out the gigging and you just the, do Melbourne comedy festival shows every year. It's once a year you do your gigs. But this is kind of like where they're like, you know. Eddie Murphy going and doing movies and then not really doing stand-up. And it's like, if he came back and did stand-up, like, would he really be that funny? Yeah. You know, I think he might. I think he might. He might be. Yeah. I think so. I think so too. If he, if he doesn't hold back, mm. but like Seinfeld coming back after, you know, years. Seinfeld of, never stopped. He never stopped. Seinfeld never stopped. I just like, I just, I don't know. His type of humor for me is not, like. Have you seen his last hour? No, I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen him a whole lot. Okay. I got to watch it again. Cause I saw it. something recently. I was like, oh yeah, you know, it's just, for me, it, yeah. it's just not. Yeah, I think Seinfeld to me is my aesthetic role model because he's like nearly 70. He still gigs every day. He writes new hours every day. He's always working. And mm -hmm. I think that aesthetically is the game. Like it's not to just to get to a place where you can live. Like, I've, like I was telling my auntie the other day, I'm like, I've already done it. I'm getting paid to do gigs and I gig every day. That's it. Yeah. My life, a tick. The only thing is- And you're surviving off that as well now, well, like comfortably or- The money's going to increase and the gigs are going to get better, but I'm already, I've succeeded. I get to do comedy every day now. Yeah. And that's all- That was I the goalpost. I've already, my dreams are true. I'm going to have a nicer house. I'll be able to have nicer clothes and I'll probably be able to eat a lot nicer. Mm. But everything I'm doing right now is exactly what I want to be doing. And that's Seinfeld. He's like, if you're gigging every day and that's what you want to do, then you've won. And I've won. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think it's a big, big gratitude. Like- of course, I want to climb the ladder and get better gigs. Of course, oh, I want to sell out more tickets. But at yeah. the end of the day, I've already done it. I'm already gigging every day. 
I get to hang out with fucking comedians till four in the morning talking mad shit. Yeah, yeah. And Your I, people, the like minded individuals. I get to hang out with you, cunts. Was, hey. You know, that's fucking, this is great. <laughs> Look how good this is, you know? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. great having you here, bro. And, and, you know, talking about big gigs, I mean, this was like, it didn't happen, but like when I saw the Hannah Gatsby thing, mm. And that you were going to play with someone who's like, she's, she's, you know, she's got the you Netflix. You guys know that was bullshit, right? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's on you, man. Don't point at me, man. You I asked you, I was like, did you get like, like fucking COVID? He was going to do this big Gatsby kid, then he got COVID. I'm like, oh, killer. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. So yeah. I had a Gatsby. So, so there's a, the, oh, that is fucking Michael, jokes on me, huh? Mike Goldstein <laughs> and Nick Capra, two Melbourne comedians, they have an infamous podcast called The Phone Hacks. Yeah. Where you go on and they pick up your phone, they go through and they roast each other. It's fucking hilarious. Check it out. Um, and part of their promo is at the end of the episode, they give you something you have to post. And they gave me, you have to write this caption and you have to post this thing and tell everyone you're opening Fan Against Me. And I posted it and everyone believed it. My auntie reposted oh my saying, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I felt so bad because every cunt was like, why the fuck is Dan opening Fanic? I've got a line on my set. I was like, yeah, white um, white girls are my least favorite genre of puss. And people come up to me like, bro, you got to do the puss joke at the Hannah Gatsby show. And I was like, no, you fuck me. I'm not. People fool believe it. And then I had to come out and say I didn't do it. But I felt so bad. I did it subtly. So not a lot of people. Yeah, you got me, man. I'm sorry, bro. Did you get a joke? <laughs> you get a joke? He'll never take you seriously again. He'll never take like, you seriously again. What is reality anymore? <laughs> they've, they've, they've done some fucked up shit on that phone hacks. Oh, uh, dude. Know, that's a rite of passage to get on their podcast anyway because it's they only pick people they really like. So it was nice to be on that. I think that was to more be considered, of a big deal yeah. than opening for Hannah. Too. Yeah. I love Hannah Gatsby too. I, I She's funny, yeah, yeah. Did she? Uh, did you get any flack from that? Like, like any like, hey, this is you know, people I'm gonna commented. sue you, you know. Some people commented like, I thought you liked Chappelle, and I was like, very like, yeah, because this is. <laughs> if you zoom in on the photo, you can see like the edit on the fucking Dan Rosario part. Uh, but fuck, it's funny that you thought it was real. Fuck, I was telling him, I was like, oh yeah, we should we should mention that. I think he couldn't do the gig because he had COVID or something. Like, you know, I think I was sure, like, you know. Short attention span with Instagramming. This is the problem, the instant yeah. gratification that you get. At least the prank worked. Yeah, fuck. Man. I do fucked up shit on that Instagram though. I do so much cool shit. Like one, I get bored and I once I posted on my story like, hey guys, can't believe this is happening, but I'll be on the project tomorrow night. And yeah. then I went and had dinner and I came back and looked at my phone and I was like, oh shit. Shit's I got had, a million views. No, I had like literally like, 70 messages like brother I'm so proud of you all this shit I was like fuck what am I gonna do they're all thinking so the next day I photoshopped Peter Hellier DMing me saying hey mate we looked at your page too many drug references I just put that up and cunts went nuts people were messaging Peter Hellier like fuck you how dare you you cancel Fatima like fuck you I'll never watch your fucking show again people were like fucking spamming the project uh. I was like, can you like not do that? Because <laughs> bro, was, that's just you've created so much hype and pub publicity. Like, I can, it's good for the brand, you know. And then the funniest part is the next duck fat sold out because they were like, "Fuck the project, we'll support this guy." Bro, fake, that is fake news spreads faster than real news. Fake, fake news man, you, spreads faster than you, real you, news. I think you figured out how to crack the internet. That's like yeah. the. Uh, the, the Wu-Tang Clan, when they were getting out, they like started calling every, uh, they, they had this uh, on stand, right? Like they're the, it's like a biopic, so they're all acting and shit, but they, when they got the 36 chambers or, or whatever, 
they um they started like hitting up radio shows going oh yo 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 you got that protect your neck bro you got that protect your neck and they're like by who <laughs> yo yeah protect your neck by Wu-Tang Clan Wu and, and so they got all their friends all their girlfriends their partners the fucking this like to call up every radio show and be like hey do you got do you have the single by the Wu-Tang Clan and then that that eventually someone from the radio was like called is this Wu-Tang Clan Wu-Tang Productions or whatever it's like yeah yeah can we play that song and like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like the big radio show starts playing and it's like creating your fucking own hype yes. out of, and, and sometimes, you know what, man, if that's what you gotta do. You gotta do. You gotta do it, baby. Yeah. Man, I was just, look, I'll tell you what, man, this has been a great show. It's been mm. great having you here, man. Absolutely amazing. I just had like one fine, like, you know, a bit of a, mm. what's what's that, what was that show again? Jerry Springer? And now, Springer. Yeah, and yeah. now for my final thought. Yeah. <laughs> now for my final thought. Yeah, I just I just wanted to know, man, because, you know, like we've sort of talked about a few things like throughout this podcast, but one thing I think that's really important is that like, you know, you say like sort of cancel culture in and around like comedy and stuff like that. And so like, you know, I just I just wanted to know like your thoughts a little bit more like kind of about that, you know what I mean? And how like, you know, do you think that we should just like, you know, what, 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 when does it become, when is comedy like comedy and when is it like, whoa, that's, that's too mm, far. Like where, where do you think the line is for you? With like, the audience. True. If the audience laugh. You knew that answer straight away. Yeah, it's kind of like what, it's like, can you joke about it? That's a, can you say that? It's like, if the audience laugh, I could say shit. Yeah. I've said fuck mm. things on stage. If the audience laugh, I've said fuck things and they don't laugh. It's just, I've also said just a joke that's not offensive at all, but it's just a shit joke and they didn't laugh. You just have mm. to make them laugh. It's like the, the I mean, comedians are very like, the whole cans are like, I don't know. It's like, that's not for us at all. We just, if the audience laugh, tick. We follow yeah. the laugh. That's it. We didn't pay attention to that. Years ago, we're not going to pay attention to it now. Yeah. We're just going to keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. There's always stuff you can't talk about. And I know it's like, there's sometimes like a joke you're trying to make and then you say slut in the word. And everyone goes, and then the punchline doesn't work. And you're like, yeah, they're trying to fuck cancer with people. No, you, just, you said a word that no one likes. And the joke, that's not even the joke. Yeah. It's very rare that the joke is about the thing you're talking about and taking out heated words and stuff like that. Like I, I've never set out to offend anyone in the joke and stuff. And yeah. I, I don't like... Um, like every time a comedian comes off stage at like my level and like, yeah, bro, this is fucking not my audience. It's like, no, you're just a shit comic. You just don't know how to do comedy very well. That's why yeah, Louis yeah. C.K. is the, the master of walking on the line. You know what I mean? And mm, even he says, yeah. like, he goes, this, he I'm not that. doing a good joke of making this point heard. It's too much of a heated. He used to have this joke. I was watching the interview today, actually, where he goes, you used to have a joke about child molesters, right? And he goes, child molesters, it's the worst thing if you molest a child, your life's over. Like if you molest a child, your friends will hate you, everyone will hate you, you'll get fired. It's the worst thing that could happen to you is to molest a child, right? So what happens is whenever some, a child gets molested, because he doesn't want to find out, he has to kill the kid. So he kills the kid because if the kid can't go yip yapping because it's life's over, he finds out. So his whole point was maybe if as a society, we just lessened how we feel about child molesters, we'd save a couple of kids. That was the premise of the bit. And he goes, the joke rarely worked. Yeah. And he had to ditch it. He goes, this idea, although the joke has nothing really to do with traumas, it's about like, we get, it's a, it's a technical joke. Yeah. But he yeah. goes, the, it's, the topic is too sensitive to joke about. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like that. He's a, he's a rational comedian. He's like, it's not worth this top bringing this topic up because people are getting hurt about this. Mm -hmm. So with canceling someone based on a joke, you can't cancel him. We make jokes. 
Mm. And if you were going to cancel someone because they said something fucked, that place that that fucked joke came from is also the same place that all their good jokes came from. Mm. So you can't cancel someone. It just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Someone says a fucking joke and the audience don't laugh. No one knows more than that comedian that the joke sucks. Yeah. And they will go and try again and try again. Yeah. I, I hated it that Louis CK had all that stuff happen to him, man, and he ended up getting canceled because he was a funny, funny man. Yeah. But like all those allegations about him being a bit creepy and handsy and like- Was that sucks, true? Man. Oh, well- yeah, They were true. They were true. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, even that, it worked out like that. He's back. And he sells out tours all around the world. Like, what really happened? Oh, is he still touring? Oh, I thought he, he like, completely stopped. specials since that happened. Come oh, out. Yeah, one, one, a Grammy. Wow. Nothing happened to him. Like, you can't really cancel someone who doesn't have a show on TV. Like, people say, oh, are they going to cancel you? How? I got followers who buy tickets. You can get kicked off. Your, he got kicked off the Secret Life of Pets and his FX show was canceled. But he's like, I can still tour. People still like me. Mm-hmm. You can't cancel someone who's in an independent person. Yeah. You can cancel someone by firing them from SNL if they're a writer, but then they can be like, okay, I'll just go on the road and make money. You know, like you can't really cancel someone who's doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing about um, the, uh, like the, the, the audience, if the audience don't laugh, comedians know. And it takes like, you know, the, you know, Chris Rock. Yeah. yeah. You know that bit he has, there's black people and then there's N word. And every time black people <laughs> have a good time, N word's there and fuck it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Go to the black people at the movies, N word shooting at the screen. That was his favorite, famous bit. It was the most groundbreaking bit when it came out. It's like a very infamous comedy bit. And it was an interview where they asked him about it. And he goes, That bombed for a year. One year of bombing. I do a joke for three months and it doesn't get a laugh. I'm like, I'm kicking it out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he yeah. bombed with that bit for one year and now. Centuries later, it's the centuries, decades later, it's the best bit of all time. Yeah. And it's like, that's the thing. If you cancel a comedian for saying something fucked, you don't know what, in six months, that joke's going to change. The punchline will change. It'll have a new intention. It'll have, you got to let it be. That's how you write jokes. You just bomb and bomb and bomb and bomb. Yeah. So there is the, the philosophy is like, don't try and shut a comedian up too much because he knows how, where the, the, if a joke is not working now and people are getting really cut at the joke at the start, maybe in a year's time, it'll be a really good joke. You know? Yeah. You don't know that. You know, that I have this bit about white people and I talk about how white people fucking annoy the shit out of me. And I used to be like, yeah, fucking you dumb cunts. I fucking, fucking hate what. And the audience were like, it's stiff. And people were like, dude, you're like, you're turning off the audience with that. Can you not do that? Because then I'm following you and it's hard. You're mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I kept that joke going and now that's my best joke. But it took ages for that joke to work. To develop a you know, so yeah. like sometimes you just have to keep it. So canceling someone's like, you can't ever say that again. It's like, but if you give me six months, it might be really funny and you love it. Mm. It's contextual to societal views yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. where is it? But again, I think that's the beauty in the diversity of comedy. It's like what makes one person cry out with, that's fucked, mm. makes another person go, that's fucking funny. Yeah. Different mm. levels. 100%. I love the, uh, you know, and to me, I should be offended by this, but I just fucking, I, I actually, it's heinous, but it's so funny. The Jim Jeffries joke about him being in a helicopter with the, mm-hmm. have you seen that joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the American guy or, the, or whatever, the soldier, and he just like, just goes and just shoots the guy and it's like, and that's it. You, you know, the one to, I, I, I do, I, I'm I not do. delivering it, but there's this one joke that it's it's got this like Afghanistan slash, you know, mm-hmm. shooting a Muslim kind of joke. And it's just like, it's pretty it's pretty savage and, yeah, dark, and yeah. dark, but it's so well delivered. And then I'm like, man, why would I be offended by that? It's it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's, you like, know? it's like the Bill Hicks skit, man. When he's like, you know, um, he's like, why do why do Christian why do Christians you know always wear the cross? 
Do you think that when Jesus comes back, he's going to want to see a cross, man? Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like yeah, walking up to, shit, you know? it's kind of like walking up to Jackie Onassis with a sniper rifle pendant, and that's and that's just JFK's wife. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. just thinking of John, Jackie, and like literally he does the movements. He's like, John, Jackie, just thinking of John. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hectic. Um, Anyway, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure, man, having you here, man. Yeah, it's been rad. I wanted to ask one more question, but we have limitations, don't we, with the with sizing of of, do we have we have one do you have time for one more? Or no we gotta we gotta We're gonna have to edit this out, I think. But the end bit. All right, off off camera. Well, let me just quickly. What, you getting up and just getting in front of the camera? No, you being like, we've got limitations. Nah, who gives a shit, man? Nah, man, we're going to edit that out for sure. All right, okay. 100%. Because I don't, I'll explain it later. All right, right, we'll just just go into one one more question. Okay, one more question. Uh, Did that thing just re record? I don't know. Anyways, all right, look, so just uh, one thing, I guess, that I was like, you know, is wanting to ask you about, yeah, you've, you've obviously already wanted to be a comedian, all this stuff like that. And you said, you know, you brushed upon, you know, being like you were bullied in that sense and being called Apu. But I was like, <laughs> one one thing I was going to ask is like, do you feel like you grew up in an, the environment that you grew up in, aside from going to festivals and stuff like that, has provided you with this tapestry to to come up with these jokes? Like you grew up in, a, you said, in a, in, a, in a sort of outer suburbs where you had like, like a lot of different ethnicities mm-hmm. and that kind of, I, I've noticed like, it does look like it, it has given you ammunition to kind of fuel your ideas for new jokes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. If you, would you say that that sort of environment has positively contributed to giving you source material? Yeah, fucking earth. Yeah, yeah. It's like anything, like if you're a funny person, you'll just figure it out. I was always funny. Yeah. I was only boy and I used to make the girls laugh when I was a kid. So I was like, oh, that's kind of what I do now. Yeah. yeah. Girl, my, most of my followers are girls because of Fatima. Yeah, so it's yeah. like the similar thing, but like being around curry munchers, yes, because they're funny. And yeah. Indian people have a very humor is such an important part in the nature of being ethnic. I think I think there's yeah, something about that. yeah, yeah, totally. Like a, a friend of mine was saying to me, "Oh, I love I love Asian people. They're just so awkward in some in some of their manner. Like like you know, not Asian Aussies, but like you know, like people from Asia living in Western countries. It's like they do. They've come from such a world with cultural and." Also just, you know, different greetings and stuff like that. So when you in, ever interact, like I remember interacting in RMIT like 10, 12 years ago, meeting Asians who haven't really lived abroad and like hung out and they're just so timid and awkward. And it's mm. just like, it's kind of funny. Like it's, yeah. you try to break their mold and just make them relax. But there's, you know, for whatever reason it is, it's just the, the her view was kind of like, oh yeah, you're actually kind of right. There, yeah. There's a bit of an awkwardness that's kind of, humorous yeah. you know and my family was very much like you make each other laugh that's it like, yeah even when my mum got angry at us we'd just be pissing ourselves like it's just <laughs> yeah, very yeah, yeah funny to us and i think that's always been the case yeah like, uh, i don't i don't know man we be dude, my my best friend nathan growing up he's a greek kid and his parents i used to be i was at the house every fucking day right mm. when i started doing comedy i hadn't spoken to his parents in years and years and they came and saw me one day and then the dad came up to me and he was like this is exactly you he's like when we found out you were doing stand-up, but it was like a fucking course. You were just a funny cunt when you were growing up. So mm-hmm. I think growing up around people and just, it just makes sense to do stand-up. Yeah. I would yeah. have loved to have been in a high school classroom at the same time as you, I reckon. I man. was very quiet in high school. I were you? I wasn't very funny. Oh. Yeah. I, I, with my mates, I was funny, but in high school, I wasn't the cool guy who was like, hey, what's up, man? 
I became cool when I was in uni. That's what I became like the loud guy, you know? Were you just like, there's too many bullies around that you were like, I gotta fucking keep my head under the radar here and uh, yeah, <laughs> just not get hit. I was very suppressed in high school for yeah. a number of reasons. Why, can we go into that? Is yeah, that... fucking earth, I'm open book. Yeah. I think the reason I was suppressed is because um, I came, I was raised by women, surrounded by girls. Mm. Eight cousins, all girls, all aunties, sisters. I was just so used to being around girls. I got sent to an all boys school. I yeah. didn't know how to navigate that socially. True. Because yeah. I wasn't a tough guy. I was like a smooth talker, sweet guy. And then- Use sensitivities, whatever. I used to hang out with girls outside of school. Yeah. And then I got a missus. And then as soon as I got a missus, she was like a hot girl in like year 11. I was like, dude's got a hot missus now. And that's when everyone started being nice to me. I was like, what the fuck is that? And then um, when I started going Bullshit. to uni- When I started going to uni, I was, hanging, I was surrounded by girls. All my best mates are now girls. I have like one guy mate, two guy mates. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like most of my friends are girls. So I think that was an all boys school testosterone field. I didn't know how to navigate it. Yeah. And then when I was came out of uni, I had a missus and I started going out and being friends with the girls. Yeah. The guys were like, oh, your friends are good, man. It's then they want to hang out with you because yeah. by default, they think that it'll and then I, I became myself. I was like normal, cool person. Yeah. Because just, and I remember thinking if I went to a fucking co-ed school, I'd be a mad cunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I wouldn't be funny. Maybe. Maybe, maybe so. not. I, I had friends like that that would be like, Oh yeah, you you hang out with the girls and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, can we come hang out with you?" Because they want to hook up. I was like, "I'm not fucking hanging out with them because I want to hook up with them. I'm just there to be a friend." Yeah, hard. You know, and it's just like, yeah, and it's like it's fucking fuck off. Happened happened to me recently. I got a really good looking mate, and mate was just like, "Oh, can you?" And I'm like, "Man, I'm not going to do the work for you." Yeah. If she likes you and she asks me, just be yourself, man. I'll provide, but also like, you know. I'm not taking away half the battle for you, mm. but I think there's that. that like, and you're not a immature, you're, not a, big, you're yeah. not a fucking pimp either. Yeah, but you I, know? <laughs> I do think it's interesting, man, because you know, like, I played basketball in high school and stuff like that, and Kobe. You know, I I, I, I was I did theater, and I, I was definitely much more of a sensitive kind of soul yeah. as well. And I never really did play into that overly competitive, yeah. like macho mm. kind of attitude. It's never really been like me either. Um, and yeah, you know. So I'm just going to do art. It was a hectic time. I hate people assuming that about me. Like even the other night I did a gig in the MC. He's like this nervous sort of quirky guy. And he went on stage and introduced me. as, hey guys, this guy probably would have beat me up in high school. But you know, and I went on stage. I was like, fuck you. You can't. You come from a fucking private school in the South. Suck my fucking dick. I wouldn't yeah. be your fucking friend anyway, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking <laughs> dick dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah fucking I wouldn't be. I was fucking quiet. as I, was, I became like this on my own fucking accord. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. This isn't yeah. a reaction to anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just me being me. Yeah, that's, I, th- I hate that people put you in a box. People, when I started doing comedy, I was like, "Oh, Dan's like the cool comedian because he goes mm. to parties. He's got long hair. And he hangs out with girls. He's like, it's like, can't I'm just this is just me being me. I was mm. never fucking praised for this shit. I come in this nerdy art based comedy scene full of fucking theater kids, and yeah. you can't think I'm cool. It's like, bro, I'm just this is me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And people being like, "Oh, how do I become like friends with girls?" And it's like maybe if you just didn't treat every one of them like you wanted to fuck them, yeah. They'd actually That's respond to that. Yeah. And yeah. then... Because, yeah. you know, I've got female friends and mm. stuff like that. Like, mm. that are like some of my best friends yeah. as well. But I think that that's a big part of it. Yeah. You know what and I if mean? You got, if, if, if I'm ever like interested in a girl or something, the first thing I do is like, hey, my best mate, I'm like, hey, can you come hang out with me? Because there's just going to be this girl there. And if she's like out there, like, oh my God, you're friends with Dan. And then that's it. Because it's like, you can trust me because I've got female friends. It's yeah. like a normal thing. You don't fuck your girl mates. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. It's like a weird thing. Guys try and fuck their girl mates. I hate that shit. Mm. True that. True that. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How long did we record for? Um, About two hours. Oh, yeah, really? two was, hours. It flew by. That was fun. Yeah, true. Dude, true. Dude, oh, oh, man, oh. I tell you what, like, it's been amazing you having you here, Dan. Like, mm. absolutely amazing, man. Waffles. <laughs> My dude. I want this to go for another hour. Oh, mate, we could go for, oh yeah, if, if, we, if we had unlimited everything, we could just go forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who's to say there won't be return visits from I'd the like great man? I'd like to come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bro, be, yeah. 15 minutes away. That's sick. Yeah. You say 15? Yeah. 15. 15. I live in Frankston. I'm like, yeah, I live in fucking oh, Frankston, easy, boys. Man. Yeah, yeah, I'll come around. <laughs> yeah, 15 minutes, bro. Yeah. <laughs> two V lines, I'll be here. Two V lines and a V. Oh, man. Yeah, guys, this is Surreal Melbourne, episode 14, episode whatever you want. Before we show, do you want to do any plugins, man? You want to plug anything? I would love in to. So um, if you like my shit, I'm performing at my own comedy club called Duck Fat at 161 Nightclub. We are doing two shows, the 4th and 5th of May, which is coming up. Mm. The tickets are in my bar and the link. Maybe I'll send the link to-, to both of, And look, I mean, even if this comes out after the 4th of the, sorry, when was it again? 5th and 4th of 5th May. 5th and 4th of May. Like, are there gigs uh, post that? Anything? Beth and I'm promoting. Doing yeah. spots. you probably see me around the comedy festival. If you if you are in an area, there's a gig in your suburb for sure. And I'll probably be there because yeah. I gig more than anyone in Melbourne. And what's your TikTok handle? D'Angelo, D-A-H-N-G-E-L-O. That's across all platforms. Yeah. Suss me out. And if you don't know, now you know. And you know. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, this is Surreal Melbourne. Over and out.